Crew willing to ship? Bring the ship up to broadcast deck. We're going in. Passing you into FM. False security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up. An eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward. With arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go? The hideout. It is an FM Jerry Springer freak show shoveled to the lowest common denominator. The hideout. We've got a power to the people routine and a very loyal fan base. We're all being lobotomized by this country's most influential industry. Hideout. Either you're with us or you're against us. The hideout starts now. Be somebody! Be somebody! somebody. Welcome to the unofficial halftime show. I'm El Jefe. Joining me, Charles Mann. Oh, hello. Wow, you've gotten so much better at speaking. All right. (laughs) Welcome into the hideout. It is 106.7 WJFK. He's a a nice man and dubs you no one to speak when it comes (laughs) to speech impediments. I'm Hefe. That is dubs. Nothing on TV tonight. Yeah, nothing. You know, really nothing going on out there. Especially if you don't like sports, Mm. uh, politics. It's a very Honestly, slow season right now. Yeah, there's just really nothing to do but sit by your radios mm-hmm. and listen. So make sure you do that. In fact, we are here and we are live for you, and we'd love for you to hop in and, and participate in this little thing we've built for you called The Hideout. 800-636-1067 is the phone number. Go to hideoutradio.com, check out everything about us. And on the AOL Instant Messenger, the name is Hideout Radio. That is right, it is Hideout Radio. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on there. In fact, Dubs, uh, in the last 90 minutes, has been updating the podcasts. Finally, I've been asking him for three weeks, and he's just Instead now... Instead of got... asking, why don't you help, huh? Uh, why, why don't you pitch in? <laughs> he's just Grab not... a rake. There's a big yard here. By the way, I want to let you know, uh, I am back. Mm-hmm. The show is at full strength. Uh, it took two Latinos to fill in for me, El Jefe, and Pedro and Ricky. We want to thank them for It was great. I just drove up to the 7-Eleven, raised my arm out the window. They jumped in and did the show with me. <laughs> and you could have kept that extra change that JFK's paying us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will need to let CK know I'm going to need some time off next month. So... <laughs> I'm just. I have taken... uh, you know what? You would you would give me hell if I took off any weekend, but for some reason you're allowed to take off four or five in the span of six weeks. For those of you that do not know us, and we're going to talk uh, skins uh, here in just a little bit, and of course take your phone calls on it all night long because that is the big story. It's been a sloppy game going on in town. Yeah, I'll break it down just like when I hosted those post game shows uh, back when we were the flagship. Coach, Coach Zayas is very upset on the sideline. Stop it. Uh, but nonetheless, we are here for you. Uh, and uh, for those of you that do not know, the hideout was here on Saturday nights. Uh, started in uh, Saturday nights. Then we did late nights. And uh, we're back now after a little stint in Orlando. we got a lot of stuff going on, so we're excited to be with you tonight. Also, too, we got prizes. What? Prizes, J-Dubs. Hmm. we got the Kingdom. Uh, starring Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Gardner. Is that where he's blind? No, that's mm. uh, Ray. 
uh, American Pie Beta House, and also two Shoot 'em Up starring Clive Owen, all available on DVD and HDVD. And we got a couple of games and uh, discussion topics that we'll give those out to you. Also, we're thinking at some point after the game, uh, we put a call in, and I'm hoping to hear from at least one of the junkies tonight. Wonderful. And I put in a special call to uh, Chad Dukes. Of course, we're going Dukes. We haven't, we haven't talked to him in a while. No, we haven't talked to him, really. Did we even talk to him in Orlando at all? I think we might have thrown him on the air once. I don't even know if we ever got around I, to that. I think so, when they were on the beach after the whole Baltimore debacle. Oh, okay, so possibly. Yeah, so, but that would be the earliest we've uh, talked to him. Well, the latest, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, nonetheless, I uh, definitely want to be able to chat with those guys and all of you guys. And, of course, Punani and Sideshow uh, here in a bit as we discuss the skins, because that is the big thing going on. Uh, especially for um, you know anyone that is uh, living in the D.C. area, it uh, has a penis because <laughs> it's that. And then if you have a vagina, you're paying attention to the debates that are going on. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are androgynous, you're in the hideout with FN Dubs <laughs> on 106.7 WJFK. Uh, Dubs, obviously a lot of stuff that we want to mm-hmm. get to in a little bit, including what happened in Iowa. Something has happened with Britney Spears. Not sure what it is. They've been very vague about it. Yeah, I, I really haven't seen anything at all. I think I've just seen a few things scrolling down across the bottom of the screen, but no major stories on it. We'll see if we can get to that. Also, too, a this. Uh, I want you, hold your thoughts on this, okay? Oh, okay. Couple of things though, because I know you have taken no look at what we have prepared for the show today. I've glanced, but. Did you see that there's a restaurant that has actually banned children under the age of 10? No, but I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, And also, too, the other thing is the fact, and I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, mainly, Dubs, (laughs) you're not a fan of erectile dysfunction. No, I don't think it's real. I think it's like a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a fantasy that people make up in their minds. Well, the University of Virginia is testing a Viagra-like drug for women. So I know you don't believe in ED. So yeah, I don't know what it, I don't know if it makes them all like China doll or what it makes them. <laughs> but uh, that is that is all coming up for you as well. We got some hideout downloads for you. That's when we play some audio and things like that. Once again, reminding you, eight hundred six three six one zero six seven as the show is live. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, and break down the first half of the skins in a moment. But first, Dubs, it's good to be back, man. How are you? I'm terrific. I've been back in the hideout for... I haven't left. Really? We've been uh, kind of just, I don't know, I mean, uh, I in a halfway much, house. Yeah, this took, been, this I, hasn't been really your, your permanent residence for a little bit here. I took a much-needed vacation. I went because, uh, of course, I had to recover from the cruise that I took three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I went to go visit family last weekend in Texas. How was that? Odd. It's always odd when you go back, especially when you go back to a very small town Mm -hmm. in West Texas, in Midland, Texas, where the president pretends that he's from. Uh, What was so interesting about it, and let me tell you how sad this is, uh, everyone's gathered around, all the kids who are of the drinking age, and we've done everything for the party that we want to do. So so now we're all sitting around drinking, deciding what it is we want to do next on a Saturday night. In Midland, Texas. In Midland, Texas, which is West Texas. And they're, and I was like, so where are the hot spots? What can we go do? And they're like, well, we ought to go down to Buffalo. What's, what's Buffalo and why should you go there? Uh, Buffalo is Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, BW3s. Yes. And I, do they have them in D.C.? 
It's no, a, I don't think so. I don't know if they do, but basically... Oh, I, there is one in Fredericksburg. Okay. No, Frederick. Okay, there is a... One of the two. I don't know. Yeah, there, you know, it's a, it's a wings one. place. Okay, essentially... <laughs> Fredericksburg. Essentially, right. it's a wings place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the hot spot for all the 20-somethings to go and gather at. And I'm like, what are we going to then bar hop to Applebee's? <laughs> I know. Well, well, it's not really a place where it, it's a good place to go get some wings and a burger, maybe watch a game. But it's not a good place to party and, you know, uh, I don't know, try to pick up chicks at. I would never think I'm going to go pull some poon out of BW3s. Yeah, or at any just wing joint. Yeah. And that's what the hot thing is. So anyway, that's where I was stuck last weekend as opposed to being here in the hideout with you. Uh, obviously, I had infinitely more fun in West Texas. Uh, I saw my mother, mm-hmm. who is very fat. And, she keeps on getting away? Yeah. Because she came down here um, during, what, what was it, uh, August? or Yeah. Yeah. So we saw her then. She was, I don't know if she was much fatter than the time before, but she was she was large. Here's what's odd. I think the fat is eating her hair. <laughs> kind of like with me, because her hair is shrinking. So she's got kind of like that crazy old woman hair coupled with like, I'm serious, jowls. And I'm just, I see her and I'm like, oh God, you have a brother dying of cancer and you're crying and making the biggest deal in the world of it. Yet here you are just attacking your arteries with everything you could possibly put into it. So she's losing hair on her head. She's growing hair other places. Is like the I'm testosterone. Sure. I am sure. Has her tongue gone green? Is she George the Animal Steel now? I'm sure it's just very similar to that. So I don't, I don't know. Then I see my pops. That was fine. The only thing really quickly that I want to touch on, and then we're going to break and come back and get into the hideout headlines and uh, also give away the prizes and even to talk some skins, is th- the holidays officially sucked. Why? Because this was the first year in forever that I looked forward to them. I was kind of getting into the Christmas mood. I didn't... Oh, I didn't talk to you after Christmas, did I? That's mm-hmm. when I was gone. Yeah. I was gone after Christmas. All right, I think I can say this safely because she's still at work. My girlfriend's mother is crazy. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. She's bipolar like nuts. Yeah, you are not. If she were a wrestler, she would be great at cutting a promo because this lady was running around taking everyone down a notch on Christmas. Why? During breakfast because she's crazy. Because like no she's one, bipolar? No one did anything to set her off? No, she just no, no, went no. off. They asked, hey, how, how's your day? <laughs> my day's fine, Cookie, for all of you guys. It's fine. That's how my day is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll say nothing for the rest of uh, Jesus' birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, it was so odd. I don't go anywhere for Christmas anymore. It's never good. Either you have um, judgmental parents or family members or you have psychotic family members you never have just cool family members want to hang out watch some tv eat some food they always either want to give you crap about where your life's going well with you obviously uh, it's nowhere yeah it is nowhere and i i know that myself so i don't need to hear it on christmas i want christmas to be my haven day where i don't think about how terrible my existence is and then on top of that too uh so her her mom's nuts Mm-hmm. And I worry a little bit about is that going to equate to her being nuts? But she's kind of the complete opposite of her mom. And anytime she no. does something wrong, I could say, "Hey, you, you know, you're acting like your mom," and she shuts up. But then I'm with my mother, and uh, like I said, she's large and she's mm-hmm. losing hair, and I don't know what's happening. And 
Like, I was with her for the perfect amount of time. Nine hours. I saw her for nine hours, and that's all I could take. And I'm trying to think to myself, what is it about family? Like, you're forced to be with family and go visit family, but ordinarily, these aren't people that you would want to hang out with. Like, these Mm -hmm. people wouldn't be your friends. I'm sitting there drinking with all my cousins, and I'm like... None of us would be friends unless we had to get together. Exactly. That's why uh, whenever I uh, go home, I sit there and I try to talk. I try to have conversations about life, maybe politics, sports, whatever. And I just I'm baffled that we even grew up in the same, you know, country, state, anything. We are that much different that it doesn't make sense that we had the same surroundings the whole time we grew up. Right. I, it, you would think that there would be something similar about us because we have so much in common because of the people we know. When they talk family values, I have no interest in family values because oh, no. I see my family and I see what their values are, and they're useless. And I really have no need for it. All right, well, halftime has eventually, has he, uh, officially begun. Nice. It is the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. Right now in Seattle, it is 10 nothing. Seahawks over the skins. We'll take your calls right here if you want to talk about what's gone on in the first half. 800-636-1067. Love to get the thoughts uh, from the boys in the booth. Our boys in the booth, Sideshow and uh, Johnny Punani. Here's what I'm thinking. Mm. Uh, the, the two things that have stuck out to me the most. Uh, special teams and dropped passes. Uh, special teams have, first of all, the 30-yard uh, essentially net penalty in the first quarter that ended up costing um, this actually helped give Seattle extra um, extra yardage mm. and then also to the skins just getting pinned back inside the five a couple of times by some punts and uh, also the drop passes it seems like an yeah. amazing amount of drop passes that are happening so far and you can say you know well it's Todd Collins and they're throwing it around he, he looks he, great I think but uh, yeah that's what I'm saying he, he's getting them out there except for that couple times where he got hit while throwing it right and then the, it was off but he's been getting them to the people and they just haven't been able to get their hands around them let's go to the boys in the booth sideshow your initial thoughts on what's going on in the first half you there sideshow yeah i gotta pre- i gotta press a couple buttons oh, okay, answer a few text messages here <laughs> um i think they need to injure kearney right away he's a he's a big he, problem he's hurting them and I, I don't remember him being that good over in you know, Atlanta. I always Can I say this now? And this is just me alleging and not knowing and completely talking out of my ass. Steroids. <laughs> I look at this guy, and he's built insanely. He was never like that. He was always kind of just a, a country boy isn't, over in Atlanta. Isn't he white? Yeah. So why is he playing so well? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah, Kearney has obviously been a problem. What else? Uh, do you agree, though, special teams and drop passes are also? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the offensive line is is not doing the best of work well, right of course, now. depleted. Yeah, true. But the field position's terrible. But, yeah, the, the ball's being dropped. Yeah, it's pathetic. Wow. All right, so there it is. Uh, the biggest Washington Redskins fan in the world has officially laid it out. Pathetic. 800-636-1067. Sideshow, did you put your future bets on the uh, playoffs? Or I'm, I'm working on it right now. I'm waiting to see who the Patriots have to play. Oh. doesn't matter. <laughs> That's all you're going to bet on? <laughs> you think I was going to put the money on the skins? Why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Wait, what's the line anyway? Do you know? I think it's three. Seattle's favored by the home field. 
Oh, wow. Really? So it was an even mm-hmm. match other than the field. Correct. Wow. That's actually kind of shocking. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have anticipated that. What about Punani? I know he likes soccer, and he had his soccer show here for a little while. Does he follow Had? American football? Past tense? You still it's have coming it? back, damn it. Uh, is it really? Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I no, think he had a brain in his head. Go ahead. No, the simple fact is, is that Seattle's playing out of its mind. Uh, the skins are fine. I mean, it was, I was talking to Sideshow, and it's going to be you know the reverse of what's been happening all year. Skins have always had a great first half and lousy second half. Now, Joe's, Joe's going to get in there, fire him up. Second half, they'll be fine. Wow! All right, so I can't imagine Joe Gibbs firing me up. Come on, it, it, it just I, I I like him, but he seems like you know someone who would who would inspire you, but not fire you up like a grandpa. You know, just kind of telling you about his old um, I don't know trials and tribulations. But you don't exa- get really fired I mean, up for him. But it's going to be t- you know, be like me taking the everybody pray. Everybody. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> hey, let me. Ask. What, what is, I mean, that is inspiring, is it not? Well, I'd rather, maybe not. Pray for Brittany. Right, exactly. Hey, let me ask you this. Did you think it was a kind of a slap in the face that Gibbs didn't even get a single first place vote when it came to uh, Coach of the Year? Don't you think you should have gotten a couple? No. Why not? He he turned a team around turned and helped. Team, well, not even turned them around. Just kept them afloat during a very troubling he season. He didn't turn them around. Todd Collins did. Wow. I agree. Right. Who brought Todd Collins in? The offensive coordinator. Yeah, that is true. The offense is Saunders. I, I, Saunders, thank you. I knew I'd blow that one. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. 800-636-1067. I'm going to call them our experts. Uh, Sideshow and Punani, who uh, have the luxury of watching the team all year long as opposed to us. Well, there's one other thing you have to look at that I didn't mention earlier. What's that? Because I got blood boiling right now. The one thing that Seattle's doing effectively, at least in the first quarter, the second quarter I was just running around pretty upset. But in the first quarter, I mean, Hasselback was getting seven, eight yards on first down. And it mm-hmm. just makes it impossible to stop because second and third down you can open up anything. And has, and uh, what's his face? Alexander's kind of running the ball decently. Well, what I noticed was the screen passes. Why is uh, why is Cooley getting a screen? Yeah, like, why is Cooley getting a screen pass? I can see you know throwing him one over the middle. He's going to catch. He's going to hold on to it. He's going to find you, spots in the defense. Do you expect Chris Cooley to break tackles and make a, a, a hell of a run for forty or fifty yards? Normally not. No. No, he's not a playmaker. He's a good. Solid possession receiver and uh, blocking tight end, so I don't think you should be throwing him a screen pass. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. If you want to hop in and discuss it during halftime, we can. Also, we uh, we will uh, break it down a little bit more toward the end of the show when the game is over, expecting hopefully a call from one of the junkies and possibly even Chad Dukes. Uh, dubs, the headlines, your opportunity to win prizes, that is all on the way. want to remind you as well, uh, the Big O and Dukes and their rewind is coming up next at 9 o'clock when we hop off the air and all this week you get a chance to win a trip to Vegas for the world, world premiere of Rambo. The Junkies, Big O and Dukes, BDK's movie review show, they're going to have qualifiers every day, so make sure you listen to win some of the movie merchandise and a chance to go to Vegas. Now, you were talking about family a few minutes ago, correct? Mm-hmm. And how you have nothing in common with them? Right. I'm going to run on to uh, MySpace real quick. I'm going to show you uh, my cousin, Bicurious BJ, has a picture up there from our last family reunion. Really? So I'm going to show you who I hang out with during <laughs> during uh, when I go home. All right, let's do that during the commercial break. We'll come back and we'll get everything set up for the uh, hideout headlines and giving away prizes as well. 800-636-1067. Hefe and Dubs, we're in the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. 
The Hideout with El Jefe and j Dubs. Keeping America baiting for 300 years. The Hideout. The Hideout. Yeah. You guys feel you have to be so negative. Hang up on the whore. Next caller. Negative. You shut the hell up, sir. Get in the car accident right now. Look at you. You already got the lung cancer. You beast. Negative. And the face fits. Kick it. Negative. We're done with you and your show sucks. Beat it. The Hideout with El Jefe and J-Dubs. Such a negative influence. Out live on a Saturday night, 106.7 WJFK. I am El Hefe. That is J Dubs. Give us a call, 800-636-1067. Hideoutradio.com is where you can go to get all information on us. Also, links to uh, our podcasts and our PSPs and all kinds of different audio for you to get familiar with the show. Uh, as well as our MySpace pages. Yeah, absolutely. The MySpace pages are up there during the break. Dubs is showing me. It's a photo up. of his family reunion, and it's really... I was like, who's... It's hills have eyes. <laughs> it really is. I'm like, who's that returned rapist at the end? <laughs> oh, it's Cousin Frankie. That's yeah, Cousin Frank. Oh, all right. Hey there, Cousin Frankie. He's not retarded, I don't think. Yeah, right. But I would question the rapist part. Uh, want to remind you, at the end of the Skins game, as they are down 10 nothing right now, We'll open up the phone lines to you to talk all that is skins. Uh, anything that you want. Hopefully we'll hear from a couple of uh, one, at least of the junkies and also Chad Dukes as well. And I want everybody to mull this over and then you know hit us up with it later on in the game. When you know your team probably can't make it all the way and win the, the title, are you relieved when it's over? When the pain just stops and the anticipation of losing and getting knocked out of the playoffs when that's over? Dude, that's a great question. I have an answer for it, and we'll save that. Okay. All right, let me write that down. Dubs contributes. Ooh. In the meantime, let's hop into the headlines. Hideout headlines. <laughs> saw to be the biggest headlines of the week. Of course, we do encourage you to hop in whenever you get the chance. Again, that phone number is 800-636-1067. During this point, we are going to give away some prizes as well. So uh, hang tight for that and uh, listen for that to get in. Dubs, I think you start off. I think the biggest thing of the week. Listen, I know the biggest thing of the week was Britney Spears, but I can't make it the lead story. We'll get to it a little bit later on. Can we pretend for a moment like we're adults and talk about the election just for two moments? You know, I think if uh, if uh, the country had its way, our national newspaper would be 17. That uh, TMZ. Uh, yeah. Who needs uh, CNN when you got TMZ.com? Uh, yeah. So there was a caucus in Iowa on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest with you, man. I was shocked. I was genuinely shocked that Obama won. Yeah, and I, not only that he won, but by the amount uh, percentage-wise. And I know the caucus is messed up and the whole way that it goes down. I mean, it's only hardcore people voting in them. You aren't getting like kind of that middle area vote. So you, you have to expect the extreme right and the extreme left, especially in Iowa, will come out and vote. But it is Iowa. Dude, it is I saw white. Farmers. Like 97% of them. They look like your family reunion, mm-hmm. which, by the way, on the AOL Instant Messenger, Space Edge from FBA says yeah. how many of them have mullets. 
uh, all of them yeah, on the say. photo for Dubs' cousins uh, during that family Even the girls. Yes, of course the girls, please. <laughs> um, yeah, but that these these bumpkin redneck farmers voted for an African-American mm. was shocking to me. In fact, when I listened back to Obama's speech, uh, as I listened to it the next morning commuting to work, tears started coming to my eyes. Really? First of all, he's a powerful speaker. But secondly, for a moment, I was like, oh, my God, has America finally turned that corner? Are we... Are we finally ready to become an all-inclusive, like a really, truly inclusive nation? Then I get to work, and the older man that I work with <laughs> starts, like, because we, we book shows across the nation, uh-huh. and he's like, man, that Obama, we're going to all be saying Mary Kwanzaa from now on. They're going to take <laughs> away uh, uh, Hanukkah, and, and there he took away Christmas from us. I know you... I know you don't like to admit it, but you can't dispute the facts, and that guy's pe- preaching the truth. It's going to happen. We will have to say happy Kwanzaa. And, uh, Stop it. it. It drove me nuts, and he was so serious. Then he starts talking about and I don't want to even really get into it because we're in D.C., but he's like, well, if they elect Obama, uh, he's not going to survive, and I'll just leave it like that. And I, it, that would be a legitimate worry for Obama, though. There are crazy people like that out there. I know. Who, I work who, with who, one yeah, of them. I, they, who do think like that? And who do you think that, you know, there is a greater good here? Mind you, the guy I work with is 62. But, That's still not that old. Uh, no, it's not. But anyway, so on my car ride in, I'm like emotional because I'm thinking America has changed. And then I get to work. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, we haven't. How did this happen? I mean, because it really does seem like, dude, let me break it down for two moments. And I don't want to stick on politics too long because there's a lot of other cool stuff going on. But President Bush messed this country up so much, he's going to get a black man elected. That is what, I mean, that is, people want change that much that they would never, they would never even consider letting a black man into their home much less on their television set they mm. blocked the cw network but they are allowing him to maybe l- thinking about him leading the country that that is how much people want change and that is what is cool and also just a referendum on there it is there's your mandate w the fact that most americans want a black guy now instead of you it's just isn't it kind? It's just amazing, isn't it? I find it to be cocky by the uh, Democrats. They throw a woman and a black man right. as their top candidate. It's like, we can even do this right now and we're going to beat you. It doesn't matter. We're making a mockery of the system. Well, when the standard is a tard, mm-hmm. then, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, hey, we got anybody now. We're going to be able to roll with anyone. It's exciting to me as a, you know, as a minority that this is something that realistically could happen. Uh, however, I am going to miss uh, Mike Gravel. Gravel is great. I love him. We actually had him on the show before. He is the only presidential candidate that has ever spoken to us, mm-hmm. and that's why we were voting for him. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he's funny as hell. He's outspoken. When and when we had him on, this was way before this. Like it was what two thousand and six. Yeah, when we had him on, and we were like, like "Who hey, are dude, you?" Yeah, dude, you have no shot. We even said that to him. Yeah, good luck, but you have no shot. And I, I was happy to see him up there debating, but. He needs to tone it down a little bit if he wants any kind of shot. Let's go to Mike on line one. You're in the hideout on WJFK. What's up, Mike? Hey, fellas. What's going on? Yo. No, dope. Hey, first off, 
we black people don't celebrate Kwanzaa all that much. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, here's the thing. I was I was married to a black woman, and I celebrated it one year. Actually, I gave up halfway through. Because it's like a succession. It's, it's like a succession of days, almost like Hanukkah, where it's like over a span of days. You need one day. And I was like, honey, I can't do this anymore. I mean, listen, I need presents. Uh, it's cool and all, but I can't hang with it anymore. Why is it cool? What do you the do? Message, I don't get it. Right. I was going to say, the message is nice, but, you know, it, it's really, we're into Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it. of course. I mean, who is it? But that's what I just thought was funny is here's this guy that I work with talking about, well, they took away Christmas. The Jews are going to lose Hanukkah, and we're all going to be saying Merry Kwanzaa. And I'm like, brother, stop it already. <laughs> hey, let me ask you, Mike, you white man, black man? I'm black. I knew that. I could tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the Obama thing? Does it give you hope, or are you just worried now? Uh, I think it would be good, you know, but I'm not voting for, you know, I wouldn't vote for him just because he's black, though. You know what I'm saying? I like to wear the issues, you know. But it doesn't it help you that he's black? Isn't dude, it kind of giving you a little bump there? As a Latino, uh, I'd vote for Cheech. Yeah, I mean. That, that's, that's why I like being, a, I'm an independent voter. You right. know, I don't, play, I don't claim a party. So, you know, I like to look at both sides because, you know, some of the Republicans, sometimes they say things that make sense. Right, sometimes. You, I like I like moderates. I like a moderate Democrat and I like moderate Republicans. You know, I I'm not into the whole far left, right left thing, you know. No, I got you, my man. We're right in line. I need a black friend. Um hold on, we're gonna get your number. We're gonna I, hang, I hang out off the air. I think that's why a lot of people would vote for Obama because they'd consider yeah, I got a black friend. Yeah, His they, name's Obama. They're thinking now I can drop the in bomb, but I voted for Obama. It's yeah. okay. That's the new we're thing. We're all looking for reasons why we can drop that card. Hey, thanks, Mike, for the phone call. Eight hundred six three six one oh six seven. It is the hideout one oh six point seven WJFK. Dubs, you found something because we of course you got Huckabee, who yeah. also won in Iowa. Yeah, and he's, and the, uh, the, he's the, a big uh, Chuck Norris guy. Chuck Norris is uh, supporting Huckabee. And I don't know if you remember the Chuck Norris facts. Of course they remember Yeah, the they're, they're facts. huge where people are saying, yeah, uh, under Chuck Norris's beard's a fist or something. Yeah. You know, all, all these was, weird little facts. It was, big, it was big two years ago. It was yeah. really funny two years ago. Well, the Republicans have put out a list of John Edwards facts. Okay. So here are some John Edwards facts. Teddy bears can't sleep at night unless they cuddle with John Edwards. Okay, and these are supposed to be funny? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, Republicans are uh, knee slappers. Yep. Studies show that the most popular... Uh, studies shows that most bunny rabbits own a pair of John Edwards slippers. I think you have other music that you might want to play for this one. Number 20 over there seems like it might work out just a little bit better. Um, yeah, you know, the Republicans really are not... Funny. Remember they came mm -hmm. out with that half-hour half hour Oof, show on, on Fox? Fox? That was the answer to the Daily Show and tanked and got canceled, I believe, only six months in. All right, give me was it even one. six months? I don't know if it was that, yeah. All right, what All right we got another one here. Uh, John Edwards, least favorite part of the campaign trail, bone-crushing handshakes from toddlers. All right, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and move on from this. And it sounds like it's your monologue, and so now we don't have to do one. John Edwards once tried to steal candy from a baby. He spent the next month wearing sunglasses and telling people he walked into a door. Got it. It, uh, it is odd because now it actually is funnier than your monologue, which you tend to do every week. John Edwards' idea of macho is watching the Titanic without Kleenex handy. John Edwards uses no more tear shampoo. But cries anyway. It's kind of amusing, wasn't it? 
all right. These are. It's better than the bit you do. All right, Dubs, next. What's next in the hideout on 106.7 WJFK? As a journalist, I feel like my soul is clean, and now we can talk about this. Britney Spears loses custody of her kids to KFED. Does this officially make KFED a winner? Yeah. I do. <laughs> Me and Pedro and Ricky were talking about this Who? last week. What is this? Your the show, show and coast. The show was on last week without me? Yes, and you can't hate on him anymore. He, he has control of whatever he does. We hated him before because he was doing a hot chick. He ruined her. You have to appreciate that. And now he continues just to keep it. Everybody wishes they could do this to their ex. And when she's so much bigger than you were and you were looked at as riding her coattails, and now you can just completely own her even after you guys are broke up. That's control right there. We talked about this on our special that was on my special that was on XM202, uh, the year in review, the top 10 talk topics of 2007. Number one, which, by the way, you're going to be able to download from hideoutradio.com uh, probably in the next 48 hours. One of the, th- the number one story was silly blonde bitches, mm-hmm. and it encompassed Britney and Anna Nicole and Paris and all these just silly blonde bitches that we're all obsessed with. And I am horrified that number one this year is going to be silly blonde bitches once again because Britney has started it off with a bang. Yeah. I must admit to you, I am so excited to watch this chick die. It is going to be so much fun. I am asking her as a favor to us to not die selfishly like Anna Nicole Smith did in some hard rock hotel room. Do it publicly. Do it in some fashion. Do it that, Bud Dwyer style. Take yes. a sandwich bag with a pistol and shoot yourself in the mouth. Google that if you want to know who that guy is. Go out on the San Francisco, uh, the, the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, do something. Find a scaffolding. Uh, become a uh, <laughs> become a, a window, window washer. Yes. Uh, just not know like the. By the way, speak of the window washer. You see the guy. The guy that's mm. all the 47 stories, and lived? he's going to live and yeah. walk. going to be fine. Really? Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, we, we could talk about that at some other point. But back to the most important story in America, the impending death of Britney Spears. And I I coined this uh, about this time last year. Well, whenever Anna Nicole died, it was Britney Nicole Spears because I mm. knew that was on the way. And she is going to leave the earth in a really horrid fashion. And... I'm excited about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be disappointed if it's... I'm going to be disappointed if Britney lives long enough to see Cloverfield, which... When is that coming out? Next week. So that's the the movie from J.J. Abrams, the creator Mm -hmm. of Lost. I really want to see her go out in a horrific way. Going back to the K-Fed issue, let me say this. Well, I also brought this up on the XM show. Dirt stashes. They are incredible guys. Now... For, we say we throw around the term dirt stash a lot, and maybe we need to explain it a little bit more. A dirt stash is a white dude who... Well, let me do just paint the picture real quick. A dirt stash is the guy you see wearing the Iverson jersey, sitting outside on his 10-speed in front of a 7-Eleven, but he's 28 years old. <laughs> he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a job. He has five bucks for some Newports. You know, That's a dirt stash. You know who is a dirt stash hmm. Like that a lot of the listeners can grasp onto? Who? Turtle from Entourage yes. 
is a dirt stash. Now, he happens to have some money in roll. He's part of that entourage. But otherwise... It's not his money, though. That's, that's, exactly. the, that's the dirt stash way of life. He finds a way to make money without working. And that's what KFED is, a dirt stash. Mm-hmm. But what is amazing about these dirt stashes, because it always pisses you off because they always have a really hot chick with them. You come to find out that these chicks depend on these dirt stashes who are abusive guys to keep them in line. And when, and when the, yeah, when they lose that, when the dirt stash leaves, they go crazy, just like we have seen with Brittany. Well, dirt stashes are like I don't know. I would say um, Saddam Hussein in Iraq. Saddam was terrible. He was a tyrant. But he knew his control. He knew how to keep those people in line. I'm glad you brought up Saddam because I'll be honest, I didn't really ever want to see Saddam die. No? I'm looking forward to Brittany dying. I wish if somehow we could have traded out Saddam's life for Brittany's life, I would have even been willing to do that. I love watching any of them. Any of them where I can recognize a face and see the person that I've been watching for years and years and years uh, bite the bullet. I'm very happy. It doesn't matter if it's Saddam or Britney Spears. PG County is filled with dirt stashes. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it like that, and a lot of you guys know that. Uh, 800-636-1067. Dubs, I got a hideout download that kind of goes through the whole Britney thing. It, like, I know a lot of people are up to date on it, but I want to play it and comment on it and enjoy it. Because it is awesome to see the devolution of a star. In trouble in the hospital. Paramedics taking her out of her home on a stretcher. Without a doubt, it is the most disturbing sight we've seen in Britney Spears' long and public collapse. Other than the no I panties. Think it was a terrifying moment. A dispute. You know, if she did Bud Dwyer herself, I think it would look about the same as that panty shot. Britney in trouble in the hospital. Paramedics taking her out of her home on a stretcher. Without a doubt, it is the most disturbing sight we've seen in Britney Spears' long and public collapse. I think it was a terrifying moment. A dispute over Britney's two kids turns into a tense police standoff at her home. The apparently out-of-it pop star is strapped into a stretcher and taken to a Los Angeles hospital. Her two young sons also carted away from the horrifying scene. If this isn't bottom, I don't really know what is. It all ends with Britney Spears in a hospital, reportedly for her own safety. She appears likely to lose her kids for good. Which, by the way, this was recorded yesterday, so she lost the kids today. Yeah, this morning. That was breaking news. The biggest thing going on in the country, in the world. Saying what's becoming frighteningly obvious. Britney Spears is now in serious, serious trouble. This feels like Britney's last stand. This is the last scene in the movie. Showbiz Tonight takes you through the whole frightening ordeal, which began Thursday evening at Britney's home in Beverly Hills. She was having her monitored visitation time. How long until we do to get a Britney movie? I'm thinking at least a couple weeks after the death there will be one. I would say even before that. There's going to be, uh, you know, uh, what's love got to do with it type thing. Let me implore this, too, to President Bush. I know you failed once when it came to terrorist attacks on the soil of the United States, and obviously we don't want any more terrorist attacks on the soil of the United States, but please make sure none happen around the death of Britney Spears. Yeah, we need need a rebel in this one. That will overshadow. Maybe. I don't know. If there's anything that maybe could uh, overtake the coverage of a terrorist attack, it might be the death of Britney. 
I'm with her two sons, two-year-old Sean Preston and one-year-old Jaden James. Clearly, something has gone very wrong with Britney's mental state. But as TMZ's Jillian Sheldon tells Showbiz Tonight, things went south when it came time for her to turn the kids over to her ex-husband, Kevin Federline, who has permanent custody. Federline's bodyguard showed up to pick them up, as has been routine, and she reportedly wouldn't let them go. She freaked out, for lack of a better term, locked herself in a room. The police were called. They came in to peacefully enforce the court order. There were several news choppers above, plus countless police cars, several fire trucks, several ambulances, plus you can only the imagine how many paparazzi a shotgun and to the video forehead. crews. It was a complete madhouse, absolute bedlam. She was wheeled out in a gurney, put into an ambulance, with her hands and feet. There was something positive, though. If you've seen the photos around the gurney, mm -hmm. she's lost the weight. Good. And that's good. That's really the most important thing. Allegedly, and this is written in the sun, she's taking horse thinners. Like, uh, like, like turn spot for horses? Yeah, trim spot for horses. And, like, cocaine and, they say, meth. But that was alleged in the sun. I don't know if that's true. But, it, hey, you look great, honey. And that's the most important thing. She stole from her best friend, Sarah Jessica Parker. Stop it. Shackled, acting very strangely. Acting strangely is right. We see Brittany kicking as she's being wheeled out of her house. But then look at these shocking photos of Brittany on the stretcher. We see her smiling. That's right, smiling as EMTs load her into the ambulance. Clearly having a major, massive meltdown. As we see in this video from Hollywood.tv, there is a mob scene as the ambulance pulls away. Thankfully, Britney's children were eventually taken from the house. Britney was taken here. Right, hold on. I know this is going to sound callous. Is it a better story if she takes the kids out with her? <laughs> yes. It is a better story. I want you to feel something. No, I'm not. You're uh, excited. I'm going to up a little bit. You're excited. This chick is hot right now. You like them oh, a little damaged. I, I do, and... I, there's something about having a you know chick why? that you can fix. You know why? Why? You know what you just admitted to? Hmm. You are a dirt stash. It is official. You just no. said it. There is something hot about having a chick that you can fix. Dubs, we're looking at your family photos. You have a small mullet growing. I do not. I <laughs> do not actually right now. official. J-Dubs of the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. I'm not a dirt stash. Is a dirt stash. Major Sinai Medical Center. In this mate. video from Hollywood.tv, <laughs> we see a glassy-eyed Brittany wheeled into Cedar Sinai. Her ex, Kevin Federline, arrived later to take the two kids home with him. It had already been a rough week for Brittany. The third legal team she's used in her custody battle asked a court for permission to dump her. And just hours before the craziness at her house, Brittany showed up two hours late for a court-ordered deposition at the office of K-Fed's attorney. Obviously, it did not go well. And maybe she was just clinging to having the kids one last time because she knew that she had doomed herself with those lawyers. And as Brittany's problems landed her in a hospital, reportedly for a psych evaluation, TMZ's Jillian Sheldon tells Showbiz Tonight this may have been an epic meltdown, but it wasn't surprising. People who know her say that this has been coming for a long time. She's Everybody been unraveling. The custody battle has been very hard on her, and uh, her mental state has been deteriorating for a while. And now it seems that the decline of Britney Spears has entered a horrifying new stage. She's always been crazy in this, hey, I left my underwear at home kind of way. Hey, I'm shaving my head down on Fairfax Boulevard kind of way. <laughs> yeah, but always. now it seems like Britney Spears may actually be a danger to herself and to others. Well, thank you for that report. Oh, it's so sexy.
Uh, dude, I just realized something. Mm. J Dubs, K Feds. It's the exact. You me off. Both of you have hyphens. It's nuts. I don't have a hyphen. So uh, here's what's uh, here's what's funny. Is it's the hideout 106.7 WJFK half and dubs uh, live on a Saturday night. I'm pulling for her death. However, I'm going to defend her. What's the big deal here? She locked her kids in a room. I remember my mother doing things infinitely crazier because I come from a broken home. I remember one time when my mother took a baseball bat to my father's mm-hmm. uh, yellow Camaro and oh, busted sir. out the one the windshield like she was Cecil Fielder because she's stereo- that big. All stereotypes broken there. Yellow Camaro. <laughs> That's so true. Latin broken home. And I was eating rice and beans while it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, me, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 10 years old. My mom and dad are getting divorced. They're going right through it. Uh, and it's Thanksgiving. So uh, my mom and my dad think, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to hang out with the kids together, kind of put up the illusion that everybody's happy and we're here for you guys whenever you need us. We go out. We go bowling. <laughs> we go do some different things on Thanksgiving. We get back home. My dad's like, all right, I'm going to go hang out with my chick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and like, I guess my mom thought maybe stuff's going to get better, you know, maybe oh. And the, the divorce process was already well on its way, you know. It was, it was already agreed on and everything. But uh, so he leaves. She freaks out, takes all of his clothes from the house. Her and my sister did this. Uh, she, My sister had to be like 11 at that point. So my mom and my 11-year-old sister were throwing all <laughs> of his clothes onto the yard. And uh, me like a... I don't know, play middle of the road, calming guy, uh, kid that I was, went outside. The dirt stash trying to take control. Yeah, uh, sobbing a little bit to myself and picking up all the clothes and bringing them back inside. <laughs> There's little chubs <laughs> as a kid going out into the Michigan snow mm-hmm. after another lion's loss in Michigan, <laughs> collecting daddy's things. Yep, and bringing them back onto the porch. She wouldn't let me bring them back inside, but I was able to put them up on the wood on the porch. Put them in the doghouse. All right. Let's give away some prizes. 800-636-1067. For those of you, because, listen, Brittany's going to die and it's going to be fun to watch. We've talked about that. But the whole idea of her going nuts over custody, that isn't something that's out of the ordinary or even requires being dragged off to to a a hospital, which she got released from earlier today. I want to know your awful mom story. Man, I got another one, too. Oh, I've got a few. Uh, I, I got, actually, I got plenty. All right, I'll share another one when we get back. Again, 800-636-1067. Prizes up for grab include The Kingdom, starring Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Gardner, American Pie, Beta House, and Shoot 'Em Up, starring Clive Owen. Best awful mom story uh, gives you a prize. 800-636-1067. Dubs and I will take a break. We'll come back. Don't forget, tomorrow all day, you got the best moments of the week with the Junkies. Don and Mike rewinds. It starts at 10, then at 5, the BDK movie show. More next with us, Hefe and Dubs. We're in the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. The hideout. The hideout with El Hefe and J-Dubs. It's bad radio. The hideout.
The Hideout with El Jefe and Jay Dubs. Just two men sharing the night. It might seem wrong, but it's just right. It's just two men sharing each other. It's just two men like loving brothers. One is screaming, he's so happy. The other screaming, a passionate shout. It's the night, man. The feeling's so wrong and right, man. Learn more at hideoutradio.com. The Hideout. Back in the hideout, 106.7 WJFK. I'm Hefe. That is Dubs. We are live on a Saturday night. Skin score during the commercial break. Only down by six now in the fourth quarter. We'll break it down hopefully with one of the junkies and or Chad Dukes coming up when the game is over. Until then, we will continue on with the hideout headlines. Let's go to Laura on line one. You're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, Laura? Laura, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's happening? Oh, just driving home from work, and I gave you guys a call because I heard you talking about Brittany, and I agree 100%. In fact, we have that time to see how long it takes till she's basically over with because, you know, she's going to end up just like the other famous people that have the kids and either commit suicide or they need to just take the kids completely away from her. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it's going to be – It's gonna, are you with us that it's going to be so much fun to watch her? I mean, it's already fun now, but you want her to go out in a way that's going to be public? Oh, she's going to. There's no doubt. I mean, we have bets in my house saying, you know, is it going to be a month or is it going to be, you know, three months? But, you know, it's going to be quick, I think. I think she's just going to take her, take her out. She's going to you know, go. You well, know, we were always talking about it's going to be so great to see this this hot piece of ass get fat and fall, you know, to her demise. No one thought it happened in her 20s. Everybody thought, you know, she'd have Kinda a like good... Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. kind of grow old and get fatter. Hey, thanks, Laura, for the phone call. Appreciate you giving us a chance. Uh, by the way, that shows Laura uh, is listening. Mm-hmm. That's a woman because dudes are, are watching the game. Yeah, are watching a football game right now, and uh, that's why we have no one that wants to play our little mother game. So uh, that's all right, though. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, it's completely to be expected. So we might pick that up a, a little, little bit later, later on. on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 800-636-1067, as we are in the middle of the hideout headlines. Already spoke about the caucuses, spoke about Brittany. Dubs, um, let's go ahead and uh, hop back in uh, with more of the headlines now. Well, speaking of moms, Mm -hmm. this one made big news this week because she finally spoke publicly on a national stage. Did you hear about the mother who encouraged her kid, her six-year-old kid, to write an essay for Hannah Montana tickets that started with the line, My daddy died this year in Iraq. Did she win? The the little girl won the tickets to go see Hannah Montana. Of course, we gave away tickets here on WJFK a few weeks back. Donna Mm -hmm. Mike and the Junks had them. And turns out... The girl had to give up her tickets because the mom acknowledged that it wasn't a true story uh, and that they did whatever it was they needed to do in order to win. That's what she said during an interview with various television stations. What's the problem? So this girl, uh, pushed by her mother, we might add, writes a story about her dad dying over in Iraq or just being in Iraq. Uh, die, my, the the first sentence was, my daddy died this year in Iraq. Now, do you think they gave her the tickets because they actually thought he died in Iraq? Or do you think they gave it to her because it was a good story? Because if it was just a good story, 
you kind of got to give it to her. But if you're just giving it to her, saying, I'll pour you, here you go, go to Hannah Montana. Well, here's how it turns out. There was nothing in the rules that said it needed to be a true story. It just said it needed to be an essay. It's an essay. It doesn't have to be based on fact. It's an you're essay. for a biography or so, uh, what this, happened over your summer. This girl wrote the best essay. She wrote the best story. And they end up taking her Hannah Montana tickets from her. That's ridiculous. And this was through a newspaper? Or how? where were they giving us away? At Contest school? was uh, from Club Libby Lou, a Chicago-based store that sells clothes, accessories, and games for young girls. So why are they writing essays for a store? Why don't you design a, a shirt or something, and then you get your Hannah Montana tickets? Do something that, that is beneficial to your company. Now... The mom obviously did something that was powerful and right in teaching your kid that in America the most important thing is winning. Well, and yeah, you do and whatever you can to win. Ask Barry Bonds. Yeah, and you uh, play off emotions. Everybody's very emotional right now about Iraq. So what am I going to write about? I'm going to write about how my dad died in Iraq. Boom. Score. Yeah, I just I think it's funny that give her the, the tickets. I think she deserves the tickets. If anything, I think these people were pissed because they felt like. They were gotten over on. And I bet you they thought they were doing something very good that was going to give them some good karma in the future. And they found out it's nothing. Yeah, instead of yeah, instead of basing it on whether or not it was actually a really good story. No, they're doing it on, you know what, we're going to do a good thing for a girl who's gone through a hard time. Right. That's what they get for not going by the rules themselves. It does if it wasn't that good of a story and you're just giving it to her for that, some other girl got screwed over. Do you think it's wrong to play that card? Like... Should you play that card of, like, I lost a family member in Iraq, I lost a family member in 9-11, my, my uncle has cancer, because that's what I said last week to miss last week's show. This year, I don't think you should use it for an excuse to get out of things, 9-11 or Iraq or whatever, but I don't think it's wrong to write about it or, you know, write a fictional story about it. Because this year, we have, like, four Iraqi movies coming out. Right. Uh, Iraq War movies coming out. So once it jumps into mainstream and people are writing screenplays about it, I think you can write short stories about it and be pretty safe. It pisses me off because there was nothing in the rules that said mm -hmm. it has to be a true story. These people are just pissed because this girl got one over. It is the Hideout Headlines. It is 106.7 WJFK. And before we get back into the headlines, wow! just in the time that it took us to cover one story, the Skins have scored two touchdowns. What? And at, at least, I mean, we can't do play-by-play, -play, but the Skins have uh, scored at least okay. one touchdown and have gone up by one and possibly oh, another. What are you doing, Sideshow? Oh, I'm, I just watched the Skins just recover off of the kickoff. Okay. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm wondering why it wasn't a touchdown, but I guess they're saying it was dead. Oh, dead really? Ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once he touches dead or something yeah. like that, you can't go forward with it. All right, fair enough. Well, we'll keep you we'll up find to date. Out. Yeah. And again, we will come up with you uh, with some more. Uh, again, we can't do play by play. But we can do kind of give you a little bit of updates, little brief updates, and we'll give you a full breakdown after the game is over. After the game happens. Let's go to Tom on line one. You're in the hideout on WJFK. Hey, boys. What's up, dude? My baby's mother calls me like two years ago and yeah. says that she left the Walmart with my kid's 
still in the shopping cart in the front of the Walmart. <laughs> and she physically left the parking lot. I mean, drove out of the complex. Did, did she do it because she just had enough, or did she just forget? And people are surrounding the kid, you know, going crazy, saying, oh, my God, somebody left here. She verbally assaults one of the ladies who's showing concern for the child, <laughs> puts the kid in the car, and drives off, calls me, you know, thinking somebody got the tag. You know, being not concerned for the child and concerned for her welfare, worried she's going to get locked up or protective services is going to come yank the way. And this is what I was talking about, going back to why are we giving Britney so much grief? Because it's this all, stuff goes on all the time. Yeah. You are oh, even more of a redneck stereotype. It's happening in front of a Walmart. Oh, she's PWT, bipolar, ADD. <laughs> I am I am uh, the living story of don't drink and screw. <laughs> oh, dude, we got something coming up on that later on. Tom, you're a winner, my man. We said we give out a prize for a good one. You definitely had a good one. Punani will give you your choice of the Kingdom, American Pie, Beta House, or Shoot 'Em Up, starring Clive Owen. Shoot 'Em Thanks, Up buddy. seems like something you might want to hold on. All right, hold on, Tom. Punani, let him get his choice. Tell me which one he picks so I can cross that one off my list. 800-636-1067. Getting back to the mom thing mm-hmm. really quickly since Tom came in and brought it up. My mom, and th- th- at least this was on the luxury of my house, you know what I mean? Well, except for the destroying the car in the parking lot. <laughs> my mom would go through these phases where she, she, like, my room wouldn't be clean enough for her. So she would go and she would rip everything out of my closets, from underneath my bed, off of my shelves, throw it right into the middle of my floor so that I had to spend all day Sunday cleaning it up again. What a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out my girlfriend, her mom did the exact same thing. My mom never did anything like that. She was a janitor. She didn't want, <laughs> she didn't want <laughs> dirty stuff up. Uh, as uh, Tom chose Shoot 'em Up, starring Clive Owen, now available on DVD and HD DVD. So if you want to get in with one of these stories and it's good enough, you can pick up on The Kingdom or American Pie Beta House, 800-636-1067. Dubs, we just we talk about moms in general. Now we got a story of another mom in a hideout download. And ironically enough, I believe this one also from my neck of the woods in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. A passenger on a Fort Worth bus says the T-bus service discriminated against her religion. The woman says she was reading her Bible to her children when she was told to stop or get off the bus. New tonight, CBS 11's Carol Cavazos has that story. Also heaped insults on him. Christine Lutz was reading, teaching her children on the Sabbath. The classroom, a Fort Worth Trinity Railway Expressway bus. And when Jesus had cried out again, there were several other passengers on board. But it was the bus driver who asked, Can you stop reading? And I said, No. I said, I'm reading the Bible and I'm teaching my kids and I'm going to continue. It was a slap of... Teach them at home! Shut up! You awful human being. This this driver is obviously distracted by it, and he was trying to drive so he doesn't plow into something and kill your Jesus-loving ass. And here's the other thing about it, too. You are in a captive audience. See, there's a big difference between, like right now we're on the radio, and if mm-hmm. you don't like what Dubs just said about Jesus-filled ass, then you could change the channel. That's the beauty. That's where the FCC and everyone goes wrong, because you're not a captive audience. You can change the channel. But when you're stuck in a bus and someone is talking just really loud to begin with, and then much less on top of that, they're sitting there and they're preaching. It is 
It is awful. It is distracting. It makes for an uncomfortable scene. It makes for a possible, uh, I don't know, confrontation. And they're acting like it's a big deal that the, the people on the bus weren't mad. It was the driver. The driver is the one who, who ultimately has to be comfortable driving that thing. Can't be, you know, shooting his eyes all around, looking behind him, making sure, you know... I don't He's know. He has to be listening be, for horns. Yeah, he has to be paying attention at all times. And if you're distracting him, stop what you're doing from distracting him. I don't care. Teach the kid at home about Jesus or whatever you want. Teach him. The school bus or any kind of bus for that matter is not a place where you just bark out whatever you want. And this mother, it's very Christian of you to say no. And to be selfish concerning the rest of the bus. I'm, I'm tired of people refusing to do stuff on a bus. There's people that want to sit in certain areas of the bus. Stop it. Let's That's just follow the rules. It's completely different. In the face, Christine, a Seventh-day Adventist, and her children were on their way to church. She then said, well, I don't think this is the place nor the time to do so. I said, oh, but it's the perfect time and the perfect place since it is our Sabbath. It is the time with our Lord, and therefore I'm going to continue. And I Let me say this. This right here is why Huckabee won't get elected. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I like Huckabee. Yeah, Huckabee's a good guy. He seems funny. He seems grounded. But it's, it's the association. These are the people that are voting for Huckabee. Mm-hmm. And this is why he's not going to get over. And this is why the Democrats are praying for Huckabee to win. Because... It is the These are the people who are going to come out and support him and just start, start really going psychotic and kind of embarrassing him in public. Exactly. I'm sure she was wearing her Huckabee t-shirt, which is just going to set him back. Huckabee, and where she just goes around giving pins and hu- uh, hugs for uh, Huckabee's vote. I cannot tell you how much I loathe this lady. Mm-hmm. And, and what she not what she stands for, but... Like, uh, that she thinks but what's that, important to her? Mm-hmm, yeah, it, her religion is very important to her, and I respect that should be important to you. But she doesn't but, respect that it's not important to us. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if, if she was, if you were in her house and she wanted to read that, you can't t- stop her from doing it. But you're in a public area. Oh, I could stop her if she's in my house. I'll kick no, her out. No, if, if, if you're in her house. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. She can do whatever she wants, but you're on a public bus, and the, the driver of that bus, who's put in control of that bus, has stopped. Stop it. I continued. Then, a TRE supervisor came on board. And I told him no. I thought we were going to jail. This was definitely a clear-cut case of persecution. Or was it a clear case of policy? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. It doesn't matter what you say. The policy, the T says is that there's no loud or abusive behavior. Anyone who's loud will be asked to be quiet. That is a a standard policy across the transit industry all over the country. What is loud? Could that be open to interpretation, too? Not to the T. It's only if the other passengers will complain or it's just real obviously so loud that it's distracting the operator that we will ask them to stop. Veggie tails and the golden gumballs. Christine was escorted off the bus, an ending she refuses to take sitting down. In Fort Worth, Carol Cavazos, CBS 11 News. Are they going to try to make her into the Christian Rosa Parks? Thank you, Carol. Yeah, sorry, Carol. Didn't mean to not attribute you. Oh, I hope not. I hope she's not, you know, 
held that kind of... I, I don't even think Kristen would really agree with her. I think she's just being a baby, and she wants to be in the middle of some kind of controversy and to show she that... She definitely wants to be a martyr. That's yeah. obvious. Uh, and, the, and it's the cheapest way to become a martyr. She She's choosing the, the worst battle in the world. By the way, it's not the cheapest. You're going to hear about this a lot more coming up next week. The cheapest is apparently what Bill O'Reilly has done hmm. in getting into a a fight that he started with a member of Obama's camp while in New Hampshire, and now he's refusing oh, wow. to talk about it and he's going to save it for his show on Monday. Again, all in the same vein, the same kind of person. I can't wait. I'm going to be listening. Yeah, well, he sold you. He absolutely did. It's the Hideout 106.7 WJFK as we move on with the Hideout headlines. Dubs, here's some good news. Um, not much positive has ever come out of Orlando, and we know that because we were there. Uh, we know ratings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those weren't very positive in Orlando. But a Disney restaurant has banned children. They're no longer uh, allowed in Victoria and Albert's in the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. They say children under the age of 10 years old are, are no longer welcome. It's based on research and feedback, and they say it's going to make for a better dining experience for adults. Apparently, this place is very prestigious. It has a five-diamond rating, whatever that means. However, banning children under 10 is a rarity when it comes to restaurant policies nationwide. It really should start happening more. Uh, if, if, you're, if your restaurant doesn't have a ball pit, you don't belong. Kids don't belong there. There's no use for them there. They aren't there to uh, sit there quietly. I hate it. Okay, let me tell you this story. I went to a restaurant. There was one table open. And it was outside. It was one of the higher tables with uh, stools. Mm-hmm. Last table open, one chair there, one stool there, one high stool. And um, for some reason, the other high stool that was supposed to be at that, chair, that table was over at another table. Because some little girl liked to sit on a high stool. It wasn't because that's the only way she could eat. It wasn't that. It, just my kid it was, likes it. it yeah, was, yeah her, the kid's preference. So the the waitress goes over, hey, that stool's for that table. Do you uh, mind giving it back? And, you know, we'll give you guys a height chair if you want to or something like that. And they refused. They said, no, my kid likes to sit on this stool. <laughs> so I... Stood there just glaring at him while I'm eating my food, standing up, just standing over them the whole time, glaring when at them. When was this? This was in Orlando. This was at uh, that uh, Mexican restaurant uh, in. Uh, oh, it uh, matters to no one yeah. in D.C., but. Altamont. Right. Really? Yeah, right across from the wing house. So you were there with your chick? Yeah. At the time? Mm hmm. Who left you? Yeah. And you're just. And she's sitting, and you're standing. Yeah. What did the family do? They. They were, you know, just happy asses sitting there with their kid, their their bratty kid who wanted to use this stool. No practical use for the stool. Actually, it was a very dangerous. The kid was probably three years old, and it was a tall stool with no back on it. I wish that kid would have fallen off and had brain damage for the rest of his life. And you would have laughed. Oh, yeah. But you Shivo that bitch. But you were, you were, I'm standing there eating a sloppy burrito with my hands. 
like a maniac. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't think I ever heard that story. Oh, I was livid. Hey, did you say anything to the family? Or but see, that's the thing. You, I, they they didn't care. Like I, I heard people with people with children don't. They really don't care about they, others as long as it keeps their child quiet. I hate children. I hate parents. Parents have no regard for uh, people at yeah. restaurants. But they want you to change your life. For their kid. They want you to change your sense of humor for their kid. They want you to change how you do a radio show for your kid. All right, now I'm going to call you a hypocrite because you are the exact same way when it comes to your dog, Cody. No, I'm not. You you can talk. In in our house where we all live, Mm -hmm. you, me, my girlfriend, my three awesome cats, and your crappy dog, we have had to change the way we live because you refuse to discipline your dog. I discipline her, sir. I discipline her, and I wouldn't expect you to to uh, not. not swear around my dog. I know she we has a potty keep, mouth. We can't keep food out on. Yeah, we can't keep food out on the counter. the The place is always dirty. All of us have. Cody hair, dog hair, all over us because she sh- sheds and dubs refuses you always have, to vacuum. You always have her with you. It's a way to remember her when See, you're gone. You are a complete and utter hypocrite. I have told you the dog does not get to get on the couch because I, she, she sheds. She doesn't. And I come down, and there you are with no. the dog laying on the couch. No, no, no. You are the biggest hypocrite. I do not let Admit her on the couch. It, dude. Admit it. No. Please, 800-636-1067. I need help here. I see you. I see you smiling, and that's that, Hefe, you're smarter than me. No, You're not. cuter than me, and you got me. You don't have me. You have me nowhere. I completely busted you, dude, and I hope you can sit there in your shame and realize what a hypocrite you are. Because you do it with something that's even worse, and that's something that's an animal as opposed to a child. Why? A child is worse than an animal? Humans are worse things than animals. They are they are not as high up on the uh, love scale. <laughs> See, that's exactly on the cuddle scale as that, animals. And that's exactly what these parents think about their little snowflakes. Oh, they want to cuddle with them, those molesters? Yes, that is absolutely true. Now, let me say this: I would love to ban your dog from my house, but for whatever reason, I can't do it. I don't know why. I got you. I got you living with me, and that dog is part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Children, though, and banning them from restaurants, other places you'd like to see them banned. Is it is it obvious to include an airplane? Because I yes. flew on an airplane oh. over the weekend, and and we lived in Orlando. Like we said, flying from and back to Orlando was a nightmare, no matter what, because everybody was flying to the theme parks. Right. And what pisses me off, if you're going to take a kid on the plane, if you're going to do it. You are the last person to exit that plane. I don't want to sit there while your your dumb kid is fumbling with this Dora the Explorer uh, uh, little fake um, carry-on luggage. They get all their little snacks out and spread them all over the plane, and then they have to... Oh, you, you mean, mean they have to scoop up every gobstopper that's all half-eaten and put it back into their bag? You mean like the half-eaten bones that are all over our house and our living room? That has nothing... <laughs> to do with people what we're gonna take a break and come back busted sir i am not it's the hideout hefe and dubs a lot more coming up including breaking down the skins game right here uh on 106.7 wjfk 
6.7 WJFK Hefe and Doug's live on a Saturday night. Ah, back where we used to be, J-Dubs. Mm-hmm. Good times. Do feel free to hop in with us when you can. 800-636-1067. also want to remind you, too, about the AOL Instant Messenger. For those of you that are afraid to call, that is Hideout Radio on AOL. And then finally, too, the website, hideoutradio.com. That is hideoutradio.com. Wow, what an amazing turn of events. We're going to talk skins here in a little bit. And actually, starting now, if any of you want to start calling in. Yeah, I'm sure a couple of you guys have turned it off in disgust. As we begin uh, going through the headlines, let's get an update, though, on what exactly is going on. Of course, uh, most of you and all of you know that uh, the skins are playing the Seahawks right now in Mm. Seattle. Sideshow. What's the score? What's happened, my man, while we'll, while we've been bantering about Dubs and myself? It's 28 to 14 right now. In favor of? Uh, not the Redskins. <laughs> All right, so Seattle is a... Now, for a moment there, at the beginning of the last break, we were like, holy cow, the Skins have just scored two touchdowns, that onside kick that looked, which, of course, the rule is it's dead at the spot of, you know, touching it mm-hmm. for right. the little pooch kick. But they did not end up scoring on that drive. And what has happened since then? It was a missed field goal on the drive you were talking about. And then what happened, Dyson? Yeah, basically uh, Seattle drove down and scored the touchdown. Um, what killed, I mean, yeah, and what kills the, killed the, well, yeah, I'm sounding real good. What killed the Washington <laughs> coming down the, was the on the ensuing kickoff. Cartwright runs it down, great run back, blocking the back, brings it back. And, uh, I don't know, the Redskins tried to, Go with a bomb into the wind. Didn't and, work. And it didn't work. Uh, yeah, that, it that's, like why, that's, duck. that's why the uh, pass looked so far off. Yeah. It was in the wind. Okay. And that yeah. was returned for a touchdown. So that's wherein the whole major swing has happened is that it's 28-14. Dubs did ask a very good question earlier tonight, and we'll save it for when the game is actually over, mm-hmm. of if you're a fan of a team, do you feel like the pressure is off once you're, once your team is finally out of it? And uh, I got I got a lot of thoughts on that as a Dallas Mavericks fan. I'm and, a Detroit Lions fan, so I have my own feelings as well. And fellas, we'll get more. Uh, we'll talk to you more in a little bit uh, when we get back into it. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Like I said, we might hear from one of the junkies and or uh, Chad Dukes as well. Uh, whenever the game has finished, and there's only about four minutes left in the fourth quarter with the skins down fourteen in. Seattle. Um, got this one online. We were talking earlier about places that kids should be banned. Going back to a, uh, a restaurant is banned kids under 10. And uh, he said the mall. I'm also a big fan, too, of movie theaters, banning them from movie theaters. I will allow them in church. I don't mind children in church. It's not anything that bothers me because usually I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. So anything to make the pastor stop uh, is always good news for me. 
All right, this somewhat ties in. This, uh, I, I, you got to bear with me. I don't usually right. like to read stories, but uh, I'm going to kind of go through the facts of this story here. But uh, hang with me for a moment. A guy in Pennsylvania sent to state prison for five years because he beat a two-year-old boy. Well, he just won a bid for a new sentence. Um, he's going to have the opportunity to have that sentence possibly changed. So that's why he was in the news lately. Uh, turns out this guy, his name's Juan, moved in to a new apartment with his girlfriend and kicked her son out of the way, a toddler. Then also squeezed the toddler's face. All right? Then while looking after the boy three days later, he punched the toddler twice. The girlfriend brought the child to the hospital later that day where he was diagnosed with bleeding on the brain. And they have photos that show that the boy was really, really bruised. Okay? So when he was in his initial court hearing, the judge asked Juan if that's how he regularly treated two-year-olds. He replies, I was working till midnight. I'm not a morning person. Forgiven. <laughs> I mean, with... with with an alibi like that, and just reasoning, who, who can blame him? I hate waking up in the morning, and if a toddler gets in my face, ooh, watch those four knuckles brush across his chin. The judge is speechless, <laughs> and then says to him, you're going to look me straight in the <laughs> face and say I'm not a morning person? <laughs> So the guy gets sentenced to five years, and now, you know, they're going to give him a new hearing on his sentencing. Is this guy an animal because of what he did or because of him telling the truth? Well, the truth about it is why he's an animal. Because, I mean, I there are reasons why you'd punch a toddler. I mean, they could, It's Easter. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you, know, you didn't find all the eggs, and I stepped on one on my way to work. You're getting punched in the face, toddler. Um, yeah, you, you, it, just being a morning person is no reason to hit anything, especially a toddler. Eight hundred. I wonder how this kid even made it into the world, because you know that stomach was used as a punching bag, too. Well, I, I, I think it was a girlfriend, though. Like, that wasn't his kid. Wow. That was his girlfriend's okay, forgiven. kid. Stop it. You can't take that crap it's like from a, a pillow pillow at that point. not yours. Uh, 800-636-1067, and dubs on 106.7 WJFK. Now, let me ask you this. And this is kind of one of those standard you know, philosophy questions. Would you kick and beat an innocent toddler to stop a tsunami? Mm -hmm. no, 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 don't just do say, uh-huh, for... but like, think about it. I would even do it for a uh, light rain because I, I just can't handle driving in the rain. My wipers are not that good. But think about it for a moment. There you got an innocent little baby toddler. Uh, it's going to kill if, the toddler. No, 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 no. Of course not. Okay. And if if somehow through a pattern and a, and a chain of events beating up on that kid stopped the tsunami, would you do it? Yeah, I would have to. Yeah, I'm being serious. I mean, I'm being serious, yeah. too. Yeah, I would have to kick the toddler. Um, how about this? 
and this will even throw more of a wrinkle into it. You know, everybody's like, you know, would you kill the the baby Hitler? Would you kill a baby if it had a 90% chance of becoming Hitler? There's 10%. It could be a fairly good kid and not have any problems, not do mass genocide. But there's a 90% shot that you're killing a, that you're going to kill a ruthless leader. But a 10% sh- shot that you're going to be killing a completely... I don't know, uh, sane, normal baby. I'm optimistic, so no. I don't think I would. Because I, I would have to believe you could do that 10%. There's a chance that that baby isn't going to commit that genocide. You have to believe in that 10%? Th- them's not good odds. I think you have to go, the only way you can do it is if it's 100% that that toddler is going to commit genocide, that's when you slash its throat. <laughs> You went to slash and start. You didn't even do something, you know. No, of course not. You don't. Man. You don't just. You don't just put the pillow over the head of a, you know, person yeah. who's going to commit genocide. You slash its little chubby throat. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. All right. Now let me ask you this. What if this whole thing, and again, this isn't a philosophy thing. You could okay. even call it pot talk if you wanted to. What if this was actually good? Because this guy, who apparently is obviously a horrid person, what if he had like gotten in a car accident in the next year that would have killed a family in five, of five? But he ends up beating this baby and gets put in jail, and that family of five lives because he's not on the loose. So was that baby beating worth it? In the exactly. End? Did this this babe this beating a toddler could have saved? A family of five. I mean, a lot of things could be looked but at like that. But I'm just saying, you got you can't just automatically say beating up on a toddler is a bad thing. You have to look at it as you know, a whole. You know, I thought that was one of the safe things. You could say, yeah, that's bad. That's not a good thing. No, you can't. Because you have to take into account possible circumstances. Now, if this was a good person, if this was a, you know... I, I think I'm that... You have to go with that 90 to 10% thing. Like I said, I, I'm optimistic then. I would say, no, that's not a good thing. This guy is beating up on toddlers. But the fact that this kid took a few punches to the face... He has blood on the brain now. Little baby blood on the brain. And it's awful, but he saved a family of five. Potentially. He didn't, though. (laughs) I want the names of this family of five because you're just throwing it out there like it's fact. It's a completely... Um, now I don't know, outlandish, 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 right? Jesus Christ, that was terrible. Outlandish uh, scenario you threw out there. What if the family of five, their names, the Hitlers? I wondered where that name went. He don't run. It name, disappeared. But, yeah, no. Everybody changed it after because uh, how can you how can you go into um, I an mean, uh, interview like that, Mister Hitler? What's the next big name do you think that just disappears? I mean, obviously, uh, Bin Laden isn't one, although some people, obvi- you know, they still have mm-hmm. it, but that's, you know, that's along the same. Do you think there are any names right now that's, all right, we can't, no one's going to want that name years from now? Um, I don't think we have any really like that right now. Uh I guess history will tell if uh, Bush becomes one. I don't think Bush. I mean, he, uh, I, as, about, as a huge Bush hater, I wouldn't even say it's going to yeah. go to that point. Yeah, I don't think it'll come to that point. But um, uh, O'Reilly. You know, that's one I'd like to see. I'd like to see that no one wants to Too many to go- bars would have to change their name, too. That's right. I didn't think about all the uh, the drunkards and their bars that would, uh, wouldn't want to give that up. 
It is the hideout. It is 106.7 WJFK. I am Jefe. That is J-Dubs. We are live if you want to hop in. 800-636-1067. Dubs, from a feel-bad story to a feel-good story, there was a you know a story circulating this week about a guy who worked fast food, worked at a McDonald's, mm-hmm. was on food stamps, was told to go outside and pick up what he thought was litter on the sidewalk. So he goes out. Turns out, it was a check for $185,000. Wow. So, Blank check? Like, uh, uh, no name right now? Just, you know, he could go cash it? It was an, it was an envelope c- containing a check that had $185,000 on it. So, the story is the fact that this kid, this guy, this 47-year-old man, he said, you know what? I'm not even going to think about going and trying to cash this. I am going to go return this to its rightful owner, and he does. He ends up getting a $50 reward. 50 Out of $185,000. He only got 50 Mm-hmm. Even though he knew the $185,000 could pay for his rent, his other bills for a long time, he said, I remember my mother's words. If you take something, you lose Three times that amount. Yeah, that job. <laughs> when you took that Mick job, you lost in life. And if you do something good, something good comes back to you. Like a 50 note. Yeah, a nice $50 bill and, uh, now, and a McGriddle. Let me tell you why this is a fake feel-good story. Do you know how hard it is to cash a check that is just a $1,000? Yeah. How on earth would this man... Uh, has a food stamp, uh, collects food stamps and works at McDonald's, which, by the way, there's a whole other thing you could discuss there. How on earth would he be able to cash a check for $185,000, yeah, much get, less if it was even in his own name? Yeah, he'd get busted immediately. It wouldn't. He, like I said, that's what checks have. They have two names on it, and if yours isn't one of those names, they aren't even going to look at you. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that, but, that, but this whole thing was made of, oh, look at this good guy. He's on food stamps. You know, he's he works for McDonald's. He got $50 for turning in $185,000. I think he should have gotten at least $100 if someone returns something of that much value to me. Yeah, you get at least three digits. Dude, I would have given him a grand. Yeah, easy. It depends on what that was for. You know, I don't know who owned this check and what it was for. It could have been, you know, to pay off, uh, I don't know, a huge um, medical bill. And it's not really your money. You're just doing it, you know, to get your medical crap taken care of. For your beaten toddler. Mm -hmm. It could be, yeah, it could be taken to, you know, get some blood off the brain of that baby. Let's go to Paul on line one. You're in the hideout on WJFK. What's up, Paul? Yeah, hey, what's up? Yeah, uh, I had a buddy in high school. He changed his name uh, from McVeigh to something else because, uh, you know. From Timothy Timothy McVeigh? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but I tell you what, that other story with that check, there's so many dummies involved with that story. First off, who loses a $185,000 check? Who doesn't do a stop payment on it immediately, too? And It's the same a-hole that only gives $50 as a thank you. That's the kind of person who tips, what, like 0.4%? That's the kind of person. Hey, yeah. thank you, Paul, thank you, Paul, for the phone call. You know what? You're right. That should be uh, your normal gratuity uh, uh, returns of that type of uh, magnitude. You should do at least 15% gratuity. But I love how it's the fake story of, oh, everything's great. Yeah, Here's he, a guy. The great thing is he didn't try to do that, and he didn't go to jail. 
Right. If he would have tried to do that, he would be in jail right now. And what a sad state of affairs where you, you're you a hardworking 47-year-old man at McDonald's and you still got to collect food stamps. Oh, boy. Uh, and that's why people are voting uh, for change. It is the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. I am El Jefe, and that is J-Dubs. Dubs, I told you I flew last weekend mm-hmm. as I was out of town uh, going to visit a sick family member and also visit and family the will. who I have not seen in a long time. I did manage maybe to pick up on a nice uh, Harley Davidson. Oh, wow. Yeah, no doubt. So, Dubs, mm-hmm. on that flight, I did have to deal with crying children. But I did not see this. Uh, federal marshals handcuffed a man on a Washington to Seattle flight <laughs> after other passengers said he groped a woman sitting beside him. They had I've to. Been def- there. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, and uh, we'll continue the story in a second. Uh, I am notorious for when I get to sit next to a hot chick. Not groping them, but pushing to the limit where I know, all right, I'm either going to get some from this chick or I'm creeping her out completely. I've gotten at least four chicks' phone numbers that I've been sitting next to on uh, the plane. But on the flip side, yeah, on the flip side, I have creeped out probably 12. Those are pretty good odds. Yeah, it's not bad. That's why I keep on doing it. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I do the uh, nervous flying gimmick when I'm flying alone. I'm sitting next to a hot chick. <laughs> Works four out of 16 times. <laughs> That's too fitting, man. That's above the Mendoza line. You keep rolling with it. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I would say, you know, a lot of the times it's because they have a boyfriend that when it doesn't work. But still, I'll still try it even knowing that. <laughs> There's that situation going on. Here's what's so crazy. I'm looking at you right now, and I see part of your mullet feathering mm-hmm. out on the right side. It's wonderful, isn't it? And you're Blowing. really coming to, like, your your true personality's coming out, Dubs. Well, this guy uh, was charged with abusive sexual contact. He had been chatting with a 39-year-old woman, and witnesses later saw him, while she was sleeping, saw him stroking her hair. So she's asleep, and she's and he is stroking her hair, and then begins to grope her. I've had girls, <laughs> I've had girls fall asleep on my shoulder accidentally, and I'm not going to say I wasn't sniffing it. That's not the same thing, though. She fell asleep on me. I can smell the hair. I think that's an even trade off. There's a difference between the perverted hair sniff and petting oh. her like she's a doll. I wasn't. I wasn't doing. Just, I was. <sighs> It's funny, though, because it, there's really nothing creepier than that, like, petting of the hair. Oh, I don't understand petting. Because it's like a doll. Yeah. You know, and it's like they aren't human at that point, so you're just ready to violate them in any possible way that yeah. you can. It, it, their head's like a cat sitting on your lap, you know? It's just, you know, you're 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 kind of just, I don't know, caressing it. Now, I'm shocked by your one in four, essentially, success rate mm-hmm. on hitting on chicks on planes, because I had two situations. Which is the more optimistic situation when it comes to getting laid that never pans out airplane or strip club i would say airplane you get more strip club i've had decent luck because in. a lot of times guys are on planes and they're like you and they think hey i'm gonna be able to chatter up captive audience 
That's what we're talking about. I, and until she dings over the flight attendant, I actually moved. <laughs> and game on. The, and calls yeah. the marshal over. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it's worked many, many times. Um, I don't know what it is about a strip club. I can usually work with the uh, the bartender. The dancers usually I don't even try to because you know it's they, gonna cost gonna, you a few grand. That yeah, because you never know when they're being serious because they could be just you know working you up for your money, or they could be actually interested. But you don't know. You don't know the difference. When so, we were in Orlando, I had two strippers genuinely interested, mm-hmm. and I that, that's a different story because they came into the studio and stuff, right? Yeah, they saw me in all my glory well, and magic. Yeah, I mean, they, when you they were in your element. Right. When you're in their element, you don't know what to think because they are, they weren't looking for money up there. They were just looking for attention. That's why being a pilot has to be awesome because oh, yeah. you have all that captive audience poon. Yeah, but you still have – there's no sexy uh, women on airplanes really anymore. Dude, not at all. I noticed that. They're really frumpy house frows. House frows and just old Skeletor-looking bitches. They just are are – you know, skeletons with wigs on at this point. It's disgusting. All right, Dubs, let's take a break and come back, and let's talk some skins. The season is officially over. Ah. And and I, I know this is going to be brought up, and I don't want to. I don't want. I mean, it's just obvious. So much was made. In uh, well, we'll take a break and come back, but. I do want to discuss a lot of facets of this game as Seattle wins 35-14 over the Skins. Any of you that want to talk about it, hopefully we'll hear from one of the junks and also, too, uh, Chad Dukes and anybody else that wants to talk about the uh, the end of the, of the season. And, Dubs, you put out an interesting question and pose it here once again for us. As a Redskins fan, when you know, or any fan for that matter, when you know your team isn't the best team in the playoffs and they have a very, very small chance of winning, are you kind of relieved when it's over? Because there's been that anticipation of losing and knowing you're an uphill battle the whole time. So is there relief that happens after a 14-35 to loss? And I just saw a promo for Hulk Hogan on... Uh, American Gladiators and Leno. I got to tell you my story of my run-in with Hulk Hogan this week. Ooh, yeah. I I, I want to get it out now. I just want to say it. Is much going to be made about the fact that the loss was by 21 points? There was a lot made about the win and, like, and the symbolism. Yeah. I mean, it, like, is that almost eerie? I mean, and you don't want to talk about the supernatural, but is it eerie that the win over Dallas was 21, and obviously now the loss to Seattle 21? If it wasn't, a, if the game wasn't basically a multiples of seven type score, but I mean, thing, it I, would under, be odd. I understand that it is it's a coincidence. I don't, I know. don't know, dude. It seems like it honestly seems like more than that. It's now, if they won all the way through the playoffs at twenty one, I'd be like, wow. Well, the, the last two games, the biggest games of the year. It's just listen. Are it's you not, saying that that Sean Taylor wanted them to lose? Not the at all. And stop that. But I'm just saying it's it's just a very interesting, uh, you know footnote you know to the season so we'll take a break we'll come back we'll talk skins we'll break it all down the boys in the booth our specialist sideshow and punani dyson will have all of the analysis and locker room interviews next it's the hideout 106.7 wjfk the hideout with el jefe and j-dubs here's a confession i'm in love with a man what I'm in love with a man, a man called God. 
Does that make me gay? Am I gay for God? You betcha. You're in the hideout. Learn more at hideoutradio.com. The hideout. Back in the hideout, 106.7 WJFK, and Dubs. Hour three. Wrapped up the headlines. The game's wrapped up, too. Yeah, the uh, Skins versus the Seattle Seahawks. And if you want to talk about it. So we finally have a listening audience. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing how the AOL Instant Messenger blew up Hideout Radio. Walt, um, Afrovirus, has just tuned in. He's watching the football game. I wish I didn't watch the game. (laughs) Skins lost. And by a lot when they could have had it. All newcomers to the show today, feel free to give us a call. 800-636-1067. We will talk about the game a little bit. And also, too, if you missed the first couple hours, in the next 48 hours, J-Dubs will have the podcast completely updated. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a couple new shows up today that weren't up earlier this week, so make sure you jump on there and get those. And uh, two more shows will be up within the next 24 hours. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's J-Dub's responsibility, and he's failed miserably in the month of December. But One of my many responsibilities. And he's failed at all of them. Something's got to give somewhere. Part of it's mostly in our friendship, but whatever. <laughs> I don't need that as long as he updates the podcasts. 800-636-1067. The website is Hideout Radio. Also, in the next 48 hours, you'll be able to get an update on the uh, post-show podcast, which this go-round is going to be the, uh, the, the special show we did for XM in the year in review mm-hmm. of the top ten talk topics of 2007, some of which we alluded to. I uh, did something I rarely ever do. Listen to ourselves, uh, you know, like whenever we do these XM shows or whatever. All right, I, we'll pull back the curtain. It was pre-recorded. Yeah. So I listened to it, uh, and I laughed. And I, you know, that's kind wow, of, you have an ego. I'm funny. What can I say? And But it was a good show, and usually I don't re-listen to these things. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, I have a tough time, like, listening to us. Um, so does everybody. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but especially when it was like that, because I always feel like, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't I, I don't like it. It's like, a little douchey. Yeah, it really is. It's like, uh, I don't know if I was an actor, if I could go see my own movies. I always wonder, like, you know, how... Uh, some of these uh, premieres, all the biggest stars show up to watch themselves on TV. Right. It, it's just awkward to me. Yeah, I'd be looking around and worried about everyone else's reaction mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. All right, Dubs, let's break down the game a little bit. Uh, final in Seattle, 35-14. Skins lose the final game of the season by 21 points. Lost in, in the wild cards. In a very uh, odd twist. Uh, an ironic twist, uh, nonetheless. Um, as far as the scoring goes, it was, um, uh, first of all, Seattle jumps out on top, 7 nothing in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Touchdown run by Leonard Weaver. Then in the second quarter, they get a 50-yard field goal. Third quarter, go up 13 nothing, And then the Skins come back uh, with a uh, touchdown pass from Collins to uh, Randall L., Making it thirteen to seventeen, uh, actually thirteen seven. Then Santana Moss gets a pass uh, from Collins for a thirty yard touchdown. Then it's fourteen thirteen. Skins go up. Things looking great for the skins. Yep. Then there's that little odd um, onside kick. Yeah, not 
not even a true onside kick, though, like a pooch kick. Mm-hmm. On a, you know, it, 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 uh, the, the onside kick was kind of kicked over the heads of the front line of the kicking squad. It's not quite called an onside. Like, there's another name for it. I don't. I, it doesn't come to the top of my head right now. But it's not a squib, but you skins recover, mm-hmm. and things are looking great. Miss field goal. Then you have uh, Hasselback with a touchdown to DJ Hackett. And then two interceptions returned for touchdowns. Uh, one for 78 yards to mm-hmm. make it 28-14 Seattle. And then another one for 57 yards to make it for the final score of 35-14. If not for the turnovers, you look at the game. And even though they were even in turnovers to a piece, I mean... The skin seemed to dominate as far as time of possession, first downs, um, pretty even as far as total yards go. Here's what's odd for both of these teams. I, I mean, it's odd. Maybe it's not. You would really think that the rushing, especially considering the conditions, neither team had more than 77 yards of total rushing. That is odd. I mean, um, when you consider... Clinton Portis versus Clinton Sean Portis. Alexander, yeah, it seems like it would be a rush fest. And the the you know the skins is Todd Collins back there. He has some good old weapons to throw to, but you wouldn't expect him to be putting up 400 yards. So you expect them to lean on the running game. And Todd, really do that. Todd Collins throws 50 times. That old arm can't handle that. It, it's so funny. I used to host the post game show for like a few. Like about eight games with mm. Charles Mann back in what two thousand four? Yep. When when they were back on the flag when JFK was the flagship, and one of the things we always used to talk about, and I always make used to make this basketball analogy, of you have to get your stars touches mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I know. For those of you that like the Wizards, the ball, Gilbert Arenas must always touch the ball. For me being a Dallas Mavericks fan, the, dirt. it goes through dirt. I don't understand how Portis only gets 24 touches, 20 carries, and then four catches. Yeah, if he's not getting uh, 30 pure carries in the game and then certain amount, like maybe 15 to 20 throws as well, or looks, maybe not throwing two, but at least looked at 20 times, you aren't using them. 800-636-1067. It is Hefe and Dubs. I've been baffled this whole season with some of the calls that people have made all season long. One of the big things is people still kicking Devin Hester. That That's pissed me off all season. Um, it's been a big trend of quarterbacks who shouldn't be throwing, throwing way too much. Todd Collins, one of them. Kitna, my Detroit Lions. He should not be throwing as many times as he does. It, it's just... It's been an odd season. We got to watch the Have these first... people never played Madden? We got to watch the first half of the game mm-hmm. uh, because we were off the air. And then it was the, the thing that was shaped up in the first half, it seemed, was special teams. Played a big role, obviously, in the favor of the Seahawks. With the skins getting pinned back. Uh, also, it also And the giving... front line of the Seahawks also. I think that was the biggest factor in the first half. And then some dropped passes. Uh, let's go to Pat on line one. You're in the hideout, 106.7 WJFK. Unofficial wrap-up of the skin season mm-hmm. here because we're live and we can take your phone calls. What's up, Pat? Hey, what's going on, guys? Clear channel happened. Yeah. Budget cuts. Dude, we could talk about that forever. What do you want to talk about? Well, that, essentially, budget cuts. That's yeah. what happened. We'll just well, leave what, about, what about Judson? Where did he go? Who? 
Oh, Chunks. Oh, Chunks yeah, is actually yeah. in the D.C. area right now. He's uh, living there. It's a great question. If you ever see him. Yeah, if you see him around, tell him to give me a call. He changed his number. Yeah, because I haven't spoken <laughs> to him in about a year. Yeah, it's been a year. Uh, Chunks yeah, I, tried was... that, I tried that number you guys used to give out. <laughs> well, now I can't blame him for changing that number. He probably <laughs> just got harassed, though. He was an old producer of ours when we were on WJFK. Previously, he went by the name of Corolla. And anyone who downloads old shows uh, will know that he was a great member of the show. But I think he yeah, ended up... And if you go up... on YouTube, you can find videos of him as well. Yeah, he was an awesome uh, producer, stunt guy, slash uh, whipping boy. But um, apparently he hates us now. <laughs> we pushed him too far. Yeah, I think he... I totally <laughs> forgot about us giving out the number. I'm like, why would he change his number? Oh, yeah. I you... I thought you were making a joke. I might have overdone it on one show where you just like you broke like an Xbox or something up there, like in front of his PlayStation Two. Yeah. yeah, you can see all that on YouTube. Yeah, what's, all those are up there. What's going on, my man? Yeah, man. What about that last pass towards the end with uh, Todd Collins? Man, he just kind of like I don't know. He just kind of farted out that pass, you know. When, when, uh, fifty throws. The guy's fifty I, years I old. You can't give a throw a year to the man. <laughs> I, I think. And thank you for the phone call, Pat. That was an odd one. I mean, because, again, we're doing the show while trying to watch it, and we're watching replays, and it seemed like Moss gave up on that pass. And from uh, uh, Sideshow or uh, Punani, you guys said it was windy down there? Yeah, uh, we, what, yeah what it looked like from um, where I was sitting, um, that he didn't give up on the pass, but he turned inside, the wind caught the ball. Or do you think, he, he do you think it was just it. a blown route? He appeared no, to I, slow down. I didn't think he saw the ball. That's possible, but he, yeah, I think he appeared to slow down not thinking that it was coming his way, and you're right, I don't think he saw the ball. All right, let me get your observations. You guys were able to, to listen uh, while, we were, uh, while we were doing the show. What did you guys think of the last half, and was it all turnovers? What was the, what was the main issue there? Well, I mean, the main thing to me was is that Collins hasn't thrown an interception until this game, and that's what turned the, this game around. Obviously, with That Tullo, scares me. Whenever you're going to do a game where a quarterback hasn't thrown an interception and that's the stat of doom mm-hmm. i always feel very nervous I, I it happened one year with uh peyton manning he went so long without throwing an interception and everybody's just waiting for that uh the gauntlet to drop and it finally did and it got him knocked out of the playoffs 800-636-1067 rando out with 10 catches and a touchdown for 94 yards moss six catches a touchdown as well 68 yards the thing that genuinely sticks out to me is the lack of a running game. And um, like I said, is this something that's been pretty consistent all year, though, for the Skins? It's been consistent all the way through the NFL, except for two guys, Adrian Peterson and uh, and uh, Daniel Tomlinson. That's only half the season there. This is the time of the year when the running game is the biggest part of the game. It's cold. People don't want to be throwing it. People don't want to be catching it. You got conditions like you had in Seattle with uh, wind yeah, being a factor. You want to run it a lot, and you try. Uh, that's why you have a uh, Clinton Portis and a Sean Alexander on your team for this time of year to kind of just push your team along like that. Sideshow, what did you notice, my man? I, I just think the Skins performed for about five minutes when they got that uh, 14 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but they were dominated. You know, I mean, the offensive line was dominated. They couldn't run the football. Seattle, I mean, they could throw the ball. They could run it when they needed to run it. You know, they, I don't think they had many yards because they only ran the ball, on, you know, second and two, third and one, you know, little runs like that. I mean, Hasselback dominated this 
this football team. They really did. All right, let's go to an expert now, because we can sit here and try to talk about it all we want in the hideout. But we got to go to the junkies for a real, uh, you know, analyzing of the game. JP, what's up, my man? How are you? Hey, what's happening, man? Far How you doing? From an expert, by the way. Far from an expert, but <laughs> you're more, than, more so than us, so we'll the take Redskins it. The had this game. They had momentum on their side. There was momentum. a quirky onside kick play. They're up 14 to 13. They have the ball, and then they wet the bed. They just let it go. It starts with the missed field goal. Hasselbeck marches the troops down the field, and the game just slipped away from them. And it's odd how you don't only see it, you feel it. And we were watching here. We couldn't hear what was going on. We couldn't hear the commentary. But we could feel how it just wasn't going well. It looked like they had their shots, but no matter how many shots they had, it wasn't going to work. But wh- why, though? How does it slip away? I mean, it, it, you know, it's one thing to say it slipped away, but what was it? I mean, you're looking at the stats. You're looking at the, you know, only 75 yards rushing. Is it that? Is it the fact that Collins is old and he broke down and he got tired? I mean, what was it? Well, number one. You don't enter the game wanting Todd Collins to drop back 50 times. Exactly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They had no running game. Todd Collins does throw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, gets them to a lead. They have the ball. Missing that field goal was a huge momentum swing. Then there's pressure because time is starting to run out. He throws the deep ball to Santana Moss. Who knows what happens? Maybe he gave up on the route. Maybe the ball hung. I believe Todd Collins got hit on the play, and then you're in desperate in a desperate situation down 28-14. to 14. The last touchdown means nothing. Right. They were there in the fourth quarter. Schwan Swisham has a field goal to put them up 17-13, uh, misses it, and that's the turning point of the game. What? How would you sum up, considering everybody, we're talking to JP from the Junkies here in the hideout, 106.7 WJFK, right now, Considering everything that happened with this team this year, how do you sum it up in one word or one sentence? I mean, is it is it positive? Is it optimistic? Is it failure? Is it sad? What's the word you'd use? I would say step forward. Last year, this was a five-win team. They got to nine wins because of the four-game run. Maybe it was on the emotion after the Sean Taylor tragedy. They rode that wave. They got into the playoffs. They need to take it to the next level next year. It's been four years under Joe Gibbs. He's taken the team to the playoffs twice now. Next year, they have to go further. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the offseason. There's always cap issues. There's always lots mm-hmm. of movement. But they need to keep moving forward. I would say that it was a positive step this year overall. What about the quarterback situation? Obviously, Todd Collins is not the quarterback of the future. With him coming in and showing that if you, ex- it is possible to expand this offense um, once you know once uh, Campbell comes back and gets to know everything and all the little nuances like Col- you know like Collins already knew. Is that something that also too is kind of exciting if you can get Campbell back healthy and you know have him learn a little bit more of that playbook and be comfortable with it? One would hope that what happened the last four weeks with Al Saunders being allowed to open up the offense, maybe it was because of his comfort level with Todd Collins that Joe Gibbs let him open up the playbook, that that would continue into next year. You never know. Mm -hmm. I think that Joe is a guy who adapts, so maybe he's going to let the offense open up. There were rumblings a few weeks ago that Al Saunders might be gone next season, but I think they have taken a step forward. Jason Campbell, to me, is the guy you have to go with him. I know a lot of people, the, based on what Todd Collins has done, 
the last few weeks were saying it should be open competition. Todd Collins should be the quarterback next season. I don't see that. I think Jason Campbell's the guy. Well, at the beginning of the season, if you have said Jason Campbell is the quarterback of the future, I'd be like, oh, I don't think so. He just hasn't proved anything. But this season, he actually came a long, long way. And it's almost exciting to see a young quarterback and then um, – the system opening up for him a little bit more. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be the the future of the the franchise at least. And it may take a while to take a step back and really assess the season, but consider all of the injuries. They were playing with an entire offense, uh, an entirely new right side offensive line. John Jansen was out the entire year. Randy Thomas out almost the entire year. They survived that. They lost Carlos Rogers for the year. They're starting cornerback. They obviously lost Sean Taylor when he was murdered. They overcame a lot just to get to this point. So I think it is a positive step. If they get the guys back healthy, they have a good offseason, some nice acquisitions, they should be able to get back into the playoffs and get further. Let me ask you this. I know this is an odd question because you have to take into consideration everything that happened. By the way, we're talking to uh, JP from the Junkies here in the hideout, 106.7 WJFK, Hefe and Dubs. If 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 not the loss of Sean Taylor during this year, do you think Skins fans would be more disappointed with a first round loss? But considering all of the emotion and all of the you know, like you said with the offensive line, do you think that plays in with it? Where Skins fans, because you know we lived in Washington, we've been there, we've been there during awful seasons, we've seen how Skins fans can react. Do you think that's like that's part of almost like okay, it's it's a mulligan. You know, we understand we're kind of we're almost lucky to get where we got. Does that make sense, JP? I think Skins fans are going to be disappointed. Look, people are going to wonder what happened really the last ten minutes of that game. They're up fourteen to thirteen with twelve minutes to go. They have a field goal just a minute or two later, and then the game slips away. So there's going to be major disappointment. But I think when they look back and consider everything that happened, it's a positive season. Right on, my man. Hey, thanks for coming into the hideout, brother. Good talking to you, my man. Thank I you. appreciate it, man. Have a good show. All right, right. Thanks. There he is, JP from the Junks. Breaking it down, man. It's a hideout 106.7 WJFK. I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it I I think there there will be like people will be upset like you said because of the last 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, they But when you do take everything into consideration. There there will be an immediate kind of frustration like what happened? We were there. We had it. And then, you know, you'll step back and be like, well, we were kind of lucky to be there with, uh, considering everything that happened. Um, Cause, uh, cause, most, cause, te- most teams would crumble under those circumstances, and we did a- amazing for what happened to us this season. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times when there is a tragedy just overall, be it involved with the team, like what happened with the murder of uh, Sean Taylor, or otherwise, they the phrase that's always used is, it put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, that put that made us realize it's just a game. So I wonder if there's kind of that mentality when it comes to, all right, it is just a game, considering everything that went on, considering I bet a lot of Skins fans, I teared up during some of the pregame when they're talking about Sean and the relationship with all of the, you know, with all the players and so much emotion involved. 800 636 1067. Now let's go to your question, Dubs, that you had. Is are, there, you, are you relieved almost that yeah, it's over? I mean, I, and this can go out to any sports fan of any kind of team that maybe has struggled in years. I mean, every team has their, their period of where, you know, you're, you're in it, but you're not. You know, you're in the race, 
you're in the wild card race, but you aren't the best team even in the wild card race. And once you're knocked out, you're kind of like, I'm kind of relieved. It's over. I don't have to really be tortured by these close games and these relying on other teams to win, lose, or whatever. I can just sit back and relax and watch football now. I can tell you this personally, uh, as a guy who my favorite team uh, of all time is the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. One of the worst years of my life was 2006. Ironically enough, when the Mavericks made it to the NBA Finals, I could not stomach the ride of the playoffs going through. Uh, it was a very easy first round. Second round was certainly tougher. The um, Actually, second round was amazingly tougher with being San Antonio, then going through Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then having it stolen from us in the finals. Yeah, it's but, funny. You go through San Antonio and Phoenix, but then lose to the Heat. Yeah, who, by the way, are paying for selling their souls right now. Uh, and that, that hurt. I don't know how Buffalo Bills fans do it. That hurt so bad that I still have not recovered, as you can obviously hear, almost two years later. So last year... When the Mavericks get knocked out in the first round uh, by Golden State, I was relieved mm-hmm. because I knew that I would not be able to handle it. And more importantly, my girlfriend was relieved because oh, she could not probably handle going through yet another season. I remember uh, postseason. I remember after the the Heat beat the Mavericks and you were at home when they stole it. Yeah, yeah. you uh, you walked out to the lake behind your house. Over there. And, and prayed for an alligator to come out and get me. No, you, you asked God why. You stood there without your shirt on, looked to the sky, and asked God why. Why me? Did he answer you? No. I think he did with a loss in the first round in every round from here on <laughs> Shut out. Shut up, you're an ass. You're never going to win again because you looked that gift horse in the mouth and make him to the, the, the finals. <laughs> now, uh, here's another question I asked you not too long ago. Would you consider... Oh, we have a call? Yeah, let's go okay. to Sean on line one. He wants to talk about the game. You're in the hideout of WJFK. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's up, guys? Great show. Uh, I've been listening for a couple weeks now. I'm glad that you guys are doing a thing from Florida there. Thank, Thank you, you Bo. Um, I am a Redskins fan. Always have been. So I'll give you a, a take of a true Redskins fan. I'm yeah. 30 years old. 30 years old, okay? I'm thoroughly disappointed, all right? I, I, it's like having... It's like the girl when you're young, when you're 18, 19, that you fall in love with that's hot as balls, and you can't tie her down, and she's always cheating on you, and you can never have a stable relationship with her, and she's always breaking your heart. That's what it's like to be a Redskins fan. But see, here's the thing. I think that's what it's like to be, you guys have won championships. Skins fans, let's not forget, you have won championships. You've had great teams. I'm, I'm a Lions fan. I've yeah. never even sniffed it, my friend. It's... You realize you're smacking Dallas Mavericks fans and Lions fans in the face when you talk like that because you do have championships. Now, if you want to talk over the last 10 years and, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Gibbs coming back to save the day, uh, the Steve Spurrier debacle. Fun gun. Uh, you know, yeah, all, just everything. I can understand that over the last, you know, 10, 12 years maybe, but let's and not I guess forget. I, he's 30 years old, so that's like his immediate memory right there. He has, right. Oh, that's, it. that's a good point, though. You got a good point. I didn't really even take that into consideration, so I certainly appreciate that. But I did, that is interesting. Let me ask you this, though. I mean, but because I talked to, you know, JP about it a little bit. Is it one of those things where because of the loss of Sean Taylor, it's like, 
Okay. I, this I understand does, why. This doesn't sting nearly as bad as a normal first round, as a as a, 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 any other first round exit would, I guess. No, it stings worse. Really? It stings worse, and I'll tell you why. Because number one, we didn't we didn't have to rely on anybody to lose. Okay, right. we won our last four games. We got into the playoffs legitimately. When we made the playoffs, we were a legitimate contender to go deep in the playoffs. It's and true. I I wouldn't have put it past us to made it to the championship game. I wouldn't have said Super Bowl, but the championship game I think would have been a realistic, uh, attainable thing for us. We were playing that good. We in the NFC certainly. Game. Right. And Sean, Sean Taylor dies, and, you know, Moss catches that touchdown pass to put us up by one point. He puts a 21 up to the sky. I almost felt like crying tears of joy. I mean, I was hugging people, slapping five. And then to have all of that in, like, five minutes because the jackass can't make a 30-yard field goal stripped from me. I mean, it's just horrible. How you know, long has it been since you guys right. actually had a good kicker? Yeah. It's yeah. been, what, five, six years since we've had anybody who can reliably be reliable hey, uh, from 30 yards? That's the best kicker we've had in a while. I right. know. That, that kick tonight, I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Hey, Sean, thank you, brother, for checking in, my man. Appreciate it, dude. 800-636-1067. We'll take more of your phone calls. We'll come, bra- we'll come back. And also, too, Dubs, you were going to ask another question of me before we were going to go into the break. Yeah, this is the question I asked you at home uh, earlier on this week. Um, Your team, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, we'll keep it in sports a little bit here. Would you consider them, if they can't win it this year and they have to dismantle, the best team that never was? They did win it. They did. And it was stolen by... (laughs) <laughs> you see, you're killing me. Let's go to Eric really quickly on okay. line two. You're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, Eric? Hey, fellas. Um, I like your show. I just wanted to say, um, you know, it, football is uh, a game of, well, it's a lot of cliches, but a game of inches and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's also emotions, yes. you know. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of intangibles. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the Sean Taylor tragedy, that's emotional. And, and uh, I heard you guys talking a few minutes earlier, and, and the guy was like, well, what uh, really actually, you know, where can you pinpoint it? Where uh-huh. does it turn? And, and sometimes you can't. It's like one of those traffic mm-hmm. tie-ups that's when you pass it, there's no wreck, you know, it's just bottlenecks. But it, emotional and the intangibles. And, let me ask you guys a question. Sure. Is this a hideout like El Jefe's hideout? Yeah, this is the hideout. In fact, I, I think we should go back to the name El Jefe's hideout. I don't think so. That's what a lot of people remember it on Saturday nights. And I don't oh, like this. Some guys say you guys are out of Florida? We're doing the show out of Tampa right yeah, now. Yeah, we left D.C. way back when, went down to Florida, and um, just like everything that goes down to Florida died. Yes. And we're still <laughs> a slow, de- painful death. We're still dead inside. Well, but I'm glad you guys still rocking and stuff, man. Yeah, we're well, here. We're here. We're back on Saturday nights. Hey, Eric, we're up on the break, brother. Uh, we're back. Keep calling, my All man. Right. Thank- All right. We'll talk to you. All Five thousand. Right. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. More of your calls if you want to talk skins. Everything else. It's the Hideout Hefan Dubs live on a Saturday night. One hundred six point seven WJFK. It's a hot hip-hop fashion trend. You, you know what it is. It's a hideout. Blink, blink, homeboy. Look back. I might blind you. Yeah. Hideout. This is a hideout. We are live. 106.7 WJFK taking your calls. Final score, Seattle 35, Washington 14. Hit us up, 800-636-1067. 
on the AOL Instant Messenger. If you want to hit us up on there, the uh, name is Hideout Radio. Hideoutradio.com is the website where you can find our podcast. That link you to JFK.com and WJFK.com. Stats that stand out. Mm -hmm. Todd Collins throws 50 times. Two interceptions, obviously, for scores. Clinton Portis only carries 20 times for 52 yards. A total of 75 yards in the rushing game. And uh, what a lot of people are pointing to is the missed kick. The missed 30-yard field goal. And how much of a momentum killer that was for the skins. That's why the kicker, I would never want to be. It's an easy paycheck, but if something like that happens, everybody looks at you and hates you. I'd love to, for them to do a where are they now on Vanderjack. That cat disappeared yeah. off the face of the earth. And he was the second best kicker, you know. Didn't he have the yeah. best percentage at some point for a long time? Yeah, he was, If not he was, even still currently holding it? That's what happens when you kick in the dome for so long. All right, let's go to, uh, we got some phone calls. If you want to hop in now, we'll bang them out. Let's go to Eric on line one. You're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, Eric? Uh, what's up, Happy? What's up, Bells? What's going yep. on? What you got, buddy? Hey, um, anytime that someone says that they're glad the ride is over, I want to punch them in the freaking face. Are you kidding me? You live, you die, you win, you lose with your team. Right, if you go into that locker room right now and they say, oh, yeah, I'm glad the ride is over, they're fired. And it's just a stupid comment, and anyone that says that is stupid. You're right, Dubs. You are dumb. It is. That was you who said that. I I posed the question. Dude, all right, listen. Did, Eric, did he hang up now, or are you still there? I'm, I'm, I'm still there. Dude, I'm just telling you, I couldn't handle the ride back-to-back. I personally, as a as a guy who had a team that was so awful in the Dallas Mavericks and going to the finals, and then I just, last year, I knew I couldn't repeat it. Redskins fans, you're used to winning. You've been through it a few times. Maybe I can get acclimated at some point. You're right. A real fan probably doesn't want their team to go out. So it's a, it's a, it's a very valid point. I will admit I'm a puss when it comes to it. Uh, we also have the Wizards to worry about. It's not just the Redskins. I mean, it's the same damn thing with them. It's, hey, one and done. And, and w- yes, it sucks, but we have to live with it. And as a fan, you have to live with it. Hey, thanks, Eric. Good call, brother. 800-636-1067. Yeah, he's right. He is, but it, it's you a, have listen. to understand the emotional investment you're putting into this. And when you are uh, party to a nothing-but-losing team... And you see that glimmer of hope, you fear it. That glimmer of hope, Dubs. When you when the Lions were six and two this year, there was that glimmer of hope. I'm like, oh my God, we could crack into the playoffs. I wasn't thinking Super Bowl at all. I was thinking that should have been the Lions tonight, not the Skins, huh? Yes, we should have been out there against the Seahawks, losing much better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, let's go to uh, Marino on line two. You're in the hideout on JFK. Oh, how are you? I, I'm this point. The season is over, but I'm calling you from the West, and I, I've uh, diehard Redskin fan, of course. And uh, I think that one of the big things, uh, besides the momentum, with Swisher miss, missing the field goal, with Santana Moss breaking off the route, not making the tackle on that play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, did you did you think he broke off the route? Do you think he, he like in other words, did you he run it all the way through? You play right. every inch, every down, every second. That's the way we're taught to play football. That uh, that to me would certainly be upsetting. When I saw he he stopped running, it ends up in an interception. And you're right, he has the speed to fetch the guy. 
You know, the strangest thing about NFL football, I've been watching it since the 70s, and you look at it, and every never is an offensive player ready to make a tackle when a defensive player picks up a fumble or intercepts the ball. They're not ready to make a tackle. And Santana should have made sure that ball wasn't intercepted, and he's going to know that. The whole oh, time. yeah, yeah. He, he could have at least, you know, I don't know if he could have went and caught the ball, but he could have disrupted it enough where it wouldn't have been an interception. It really did seem like he gave up on it. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Marino, 800 636 1067 Half Fan Dubs live here on a Saturday night, taking some of your uh, your venting mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'll be honest, I am a a wee bit shocked that that fans are so upset because yeah, again, I mean, me and I mean maybe I I guess I just haven't been you know. Uh, I'm not the hardcore wrestling we're used fan. To, we're used to losing. Yeah, and I, I can, I'm used to making excuses on why it's okay. You're right. Uh, it's a loser's mentality. Yeah. You're completely right. So maybe that's why I have, you know, uh, that outlook on it. But if you do step back and you think about how the Skins were playing going in, and it was brought up earlier, uh, I believe, by Sean, who said, as wide open as the NFC is, because it really is wide open. And as hot as the skins were going into this game, mm. they make that field goal. There's there's a lot of possibilities and scenarios that could end up playing out. Yeah, I mean, but even if, say they stop them from scoring that drive, all you had to do was not let the other team score. Well, as, as simple as that. Let's go to James on line four. You're in the hideout on JFK. Yeah, I'm the biggest Riskins fan, and I want to praise the Riskins for getting as far as they did. But uh, they came out flat and predictable with two runs and a, and a pass right away, three and out. That kind of killed the momentum. Got back in the game, 14-13. And to me, all they needed to do was time the ball with Portis at that time and let the powerhouse of the team do something for them. They threw a ball that what receiver just stopped on the play, could have made the tackle, and that's a 14-point swing. What do you have to say? You, you got you bring, dude. Again, and this, like I said, when I used to host a post game show, you know, a few years back with Charles Mann, I'll reiterate: you have Portis. You you traded and yeah, got Portis for a reason, and to only hand the ball off twenty times for fifty two yards. Why'd you get him then? You know, and I just I. I do wonder about Portis and uh, um, you could have a scrub back there and do that the same amount with him. Right, you have Portis back there. Give him the ball. He, he, you may not get five yards every time, but you're going to get that 150. And if nothing else, you're beginning to you you establish, you know, some sort of a rhythm to the game. It's it ball control. I mean, there's it, a lot of stuff that goes to that. It wasn't like he was off his game today either. I saw him run a few times and make something out of nothing. The one time he went right through the middle of the line, and that's and that's part of the beauty of Clinton Portis. And I think yeah. that's why a lot of callers and people are going to wonder. Twenty carries for 52 yards. Only 24 touches, and Todd Collins throws it 50 times. Ridiculous. In horrible conditions uh, as far as throwing the ball goes. Uh, you know, it's questionable. And thank you for the phone call. Let's go to Bobby on line one. You're in the hideout on JFK as we are uh, wrapping this one up. Bobby. Yes, sir. You're on the air, my man. 
Hey, listen, they have two things. One, first of all, they couldn't run the ball, and you guys got to give that up. They ran, they ran the ball 20 times for 50 yards. They tried to run the ball. Give that one up. Second of all, I think everyone's all over Schweetzman, and they should be, but nobody's talking about Cooley dropping the ball. That was the, that was the play. If you really analyze the game, drops the ball at the two-yard line when they're about to punch it in and, and walk away with this thing, that was the play of the game. I identified that early on, and thank you for the phone call. But I, I said the same thing. that Yeah, yeah he wasn't getting the big chunks of yards. You aren't going to get the, those big chunks of yards yards against um, the Seahawks every time you touch the ball. But you have Clinton Porras. He's going to probably break open one of them if you just give it to him enough times. You don't, and I don't think you completely abandon the run, especially when you're in the lead. You don't, you don't, uh, when it's 14-13, you don't have to abandon the run at that point. No. And I think there are a lot of things, you know, and I, and I said it too. The, what I noticed in the first half, and he was talking about playing the second half, there were a lot of dropped balls. <laughs> I mean, a lot of balls that were dropped that end up obviously hurting you uh, uh, when it comes down to key situations. And he brought up that one Cooley one. And that's uh, odd. Guys like Cooley and Moss dropping the ball like that. John on line one year in the hideout on JFK. Thanks, guys. Um, just wanted to comment on the Collins and Sellers exchange. Y'all might have talked about it earlier, but I might have missed it. But I just want to find out what was up with, with that and if y'all know anything about that. And also, I think they played tough. I, I want to give them credit for just playing hard and playing tough and oh they could have uh, rolled over a few times in that game and i guess they kind of almost did it at the end there i'll be honest we were i think that whatever and if someone else can enlighten us on what happened we're we're on doing the during the during you know we're in the middle the of the hideout headlines and i i missed the uh the exchange uh it was, it was, it was right before the uh, field goal miss and it mm-hmm. kind of kind of just threw them off i mean it threw i know it threw collins off but uh, that that kind of started this uh, momentum situation, in my opinion. I just like to know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if someone else can hop in and uh, explain that to us. Because, like we said, we were in the middle of talking about probably Brittany uh, when that happened because we were on the air during the second half. Hey, thanks, John. We'll see if we can get that out here in the next couple of minutes. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. I see if uh, Punani, our sellers expert, has an <laughs> insight on that. I, Who knows everything, sellers? Uh, I, I do think I do think they played tough, you know. Um, you, you know, obviously it's with, with everything that's gone on, it's going to be tough. I I do hate that it ends up being a 21 point loss. Um, yeah. A for the irony, and B because the game was obviously so much closer than that, except for the last you know the last two interceptions returned for touchdowns, mm-hmm. and it it really does kind of make it more of a downer when it is something like that. Um, Dubs, I think we're almost out of time. Is there um, is there anything else you wanted to do before we get out of here? We're talking sports. Yes, but I got some more news for you, Afe. Our people that are listening now don't know what this is. Dubs is trying to audition for... You want to be a writer. You want to be a scab across the picket lines. Well, I do write some news, and some of them tend to be funny. You could call them a monologue. I say they're just some news. And let me start with this one, Hefe. Hillary. Uh, you know Hillary Clinton? Never heard of her. She uh, she lost this week to Obama. Big news all week long. But she vowed that she is going to beat them. Beat him. Beat uh, Obama. And if uh, she doesn't, the LAPD will. heard some of Leno's jokes on his uh, comeback crossing the picket lines, mm-hmm. and these are just as bad. So, I guess you could be a writer. Maybe you are. I don't see these as bad at all. I see them as quality. 
and informative. This is a big one. We talked about this earlier, Hefe. Brittany got her kids taken away this week. Doesn't have them anymore. And I don't think this is what everybody meant that when they said she needed to lose about 100 pounds. See, the one thing about Leno is that he can deliver his jokes. That was delivery. There was a stamp on that thing and a boat. And a roadblock. And... All right, so you're saying, you know, they talked about her losing weight, but not to lose 100 pounds by giving up her children. That was the joke? Mm-hmm. Wow. There's still one more, I think. Dude, get me out of here, please. A 114-year-old Chicago woman has registered to vote. Big story. Big news out there. You heard about that, Happy? Not at all. Could care less. It's interesting. She's uh, registered for the Bull Moose Party. Here, there are the wigs. That would have been funnier. Huh? The wigs would have been funnier. That's why I covered both of them. I hate you. I hate that we have a great show. We talk sports. <laughs> We're feeling like men. And then you come in here and castrate us like that. I think that's strong. With the news. News. Oh, jeez. You're going to send that off to Leno and Conan and hope that maybe you can get on there? I'm waiting for them to find me. <laughs> you, a shiny diamond cannot stay hidden for this long. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to find you here. <laughs> because as soon as that... Hideout Nation. Oh, yeah, we said we were going to talk about ED tonight. Ah, we'll talk about that next week. Well, we'll get a chance to talk about that later. Yeah. It's always a, a favorite of mine. That's what that monologue is. It causes it. <laughs> and knock you right down. You were excited before? <laughs> sure, why not? We're talking sports. Why couldn't I? I was feeling manly. All right, that's it for a Saturday night here in the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. To all the new listeners, hello. We'll be back next Saturday. If you missed uh, earlier, you can download on WJFK.com. Go to hideoutradio.com. Get, you know, get to know us a little bit more. All the shows will be up there ready for download uh, tomorrow. Also, Every single show that we have done on JFK so far. Also, to the old listeners who are just now rediscovering us like Eric did, uh, yes, we are back and we're here on uh, 6 to 9. Uh, until our phone call, maybe with CK on Tuesday. Then he decides to say yeah, it's about. Yeah. I always get worried with the, hey, do you guys have time on Tuesday to talk? I'm sure. Chew on that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Uh, also, too, my friend, I, you know what I'm hoping he says number one? And mm. if he doesn't bring it up, then I will. No more monologue. That's what I would really enjoy hearing. Well, then I don't think he should be a PD. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. I'm getting this from Walt, uh, that Sellers on the wrong side of the field for the play, and that's uh, what the argument was between Collins and Sellers. Thank you, Walt, for uh, for providing that information. Because like we said, we were able to watch the first half, not able to watch the second half. And 7-7 seven, is the score right now, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. And if there's anything that I would really pray for right now, it's a Pittsburgh loss because I hate them. Uh, I hate Pittsburgh and their fat female fans a whole lot. Yeah. And I would say other things that would probably get us in trouble, but I'm not going to. Hideoutradio.com is the website. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Also, add us on MySpace. Uh, Dubs, any final words? You don't get any. That was what your monologue was. We'll see you guys next Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Stay tuned. Upcoming.
the Big O and Duke's Rewind. Tomorrow you got all the rewinds, Junkies, Don and Mike. And then your chance to win a trip to Vegas for the world premiere of Rambo. Junkies, Big O and Duke's, BDK's movie review show, which is tomorrow at 5. You're going to take qualifiers every day. Listen to win some movie merchandise and a chance to go to Vegas. That is all right here. Great lineup. Junks, ONA, Rome, Don and Mike, Big O and Dukes. Got us, BDK, Weekends. You handle. Thank you to Sideshow and Panani hey. as well. You boys did a good job. Bang up job as usual, fellas. Until next time, we out, bitch. 5,000. 5,000. Five thousand.